Hi, I'm Matt Taylor. Welcome to Spitball, and I'm here with my good buddy. Kyle Amundsen. And uh, today we are going to have our friend Gavin Rydell on. Um, we talked about this last week, but I'm super excited to have Gavin on. Uh, he's just a super interesting dude who uh, has a ton of experience in the vape industry um, most recently, but also just a ton of other stuff, big into uh, you know the fights. And um, I was just kind of scoping his Facebook today, and I was like, how many fucking companies does he own? Like he's like got Man, everything going yeah, on there. He's got a lot of shit going on, and uh, you know, and of course, we met him. You know, we we originally met him uh, through uh, MMA, um, and uh, yeah, and he's he showed up. Uh, he was in a City Pages article that I referenced on here before. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, he's got some stuff to say and, uh, um, you know, well, Gavin is awesome. We don't always agree on everything, but I think we agree on all of the stuff that we are about to talk about today. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and Gavin, even though like, uh, I don't know really what I don't agree with him on. Um, cause he's a pretty reasonable guy. I mean, we yeah, don't necessarily definitely. line up completely politically, but we, uh, you know, I mean, he's, um, I, he's just a reasonable guy. So, you know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting conversation. Um, so I'm looking over at your uh, giant uh, sheet, and it's blank. Yeah, this all my week. notes. Um, it's because I'm working on some memorization stuff. Uh, no. Yeah, no, that's not true. Uh, I just don't have notes because I was, you know, like I, I, I mean, I have like one thing that I wanted to table, and that was about it. Um, other than that, uh, um, you know, like Gavin is going to be here at. Uh, I was going to put some stuff down today, but then Gavin wanted to get started a little earlier than, uh, you know. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I don't need shit. Got it all right here, baby. Well, how was your week? Uh, my week was all right. Uh, like I, I was a little fucked up. Uh, I haven't been. Uh, I haven't had allergy problems in. I don't know, like this year, like, I don't know, ever since I started using the mask and shit and sleeping right yeah. and doing lots of cardio and fucking just like living a little bit healthier life, you know, less hookers, less blow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm married. Now. I mean, Slightly. No hookers, uh, some blow. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm just living a healthier lifestyle. Um, I have not been, you know, suffering from like hay fever and shit like that. Although like last weekend I got fucking hit hard by like, I don't know, I think it's like a mold allergy or something. Really? Um, and I mean, it's not an uncommon time of year for me to, you know, experience it, but like, like I just thought I was in the clear and then all of a sudden I'm like, fuck me, I'm dying. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I was miserable as fuck, but, um, you know, then again, I'm also a cupcake too about shit like that. Oh, I, I mean, know. I'm I could have a-, a fucking bleeding head wound or some shit like that. I'd be like, what? Fuck off. Leave me alone. But like, if I'm sick. Or if I'm fucking like, or my allergies or any shit like that, I'm just like, mama. I know I'm a fucking super baby when I'm sick too. Um, yeah, I'm always like, oh, like I need a hot pack and shit. <laughs> right. Make me soup. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever brought this up before, but have you ever? I'm actually sucking on a cough drop as well. I like. I've kind of been just not sick but just a little you know my voice is scratchy and i just you know <clears throat> i find it sexy yeah it's my sexy voice um have you ever heard anything about the uh about the hookworm and its connection to allergies no okay i'm gonna blow your fucking mind right now so <clears throat> man, is this some weird like neck beard science no this is real okay. this is real i mean okay i got it from uh this radio labs which is a npr uh show that's on sundays on npr and because uh, okay. like I've had enough, I, like I just posted a thing on Facebook today, and then like the the conspiracy theory, like neckbeard science guys are like coming out of the woodwork, and I'm like, oh, what's fuck. Ne- what's neckbeard science? You know, like they get their science from like well, like shit that just they'll find some fucking 
article that some fucking schmuck crackpot wrote um, that's not real science, and they'll fucking try to pass it off as real science and like use it, like use it as some some kind of fucking irrefutable proof. Basically, uh, you know, some stupid fuck that agrees with them on something. They're like, "Oh, uh-huh, it's right here. It's right here. It's science." And I'm like, "Motherfucker," you know. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is not a flat yes, earth. Theory. Yetis are behind fucking climate change. It's a fucking hoax. The Yetis are, you know, it's their own agenda, and they're fucking they they are the the deep government, and uh, you know, like all that fucking crazy shit. So, after the Civil War, right? <clears throat> there was like uh, we were young this, then. This big stereotype. Yeah, we were young then. There was this big stereotype of the South, like Southern people being lazy or whatever, right? And like um, they were trying to figure out what was going on because it really seemed like like the like the the people down south were just really lethargic and lazy. And anyway, long story short, come to find out, down in the south, they didn't like have uh, they didn't do uh, uh, like shitters. You know, they didn't dig a hole, right? They would just oh, they would just roll off their cousin and go fucking take a dump in the backyard. <laughs> Pretty much, they'd shit in ditches or whatever. Anyway, so the South it's was the South was infested with hookworms. All right, and there was this big project to like rid the South of hookworms. So they went down and they like actually like started digging. Um, what are they called? Outhouses. Yeah, outhouses. Anyway, and like the hookworm um, infestation like went away. But the interesting thing is that when the hookworm infestation went away, that's when allergies, like seasonal allergies, started to appear. Long story short, it is a very likely, there's a very good correlation between the lack of hookworms and the rise of of seasonal allergies, as well as other things like Crohn's disease, um, you know, like joint inflammation diseases and shit like that. So I need me a motherfucking hookworm. Well, see, that's the thing is that when you have hookworms, your body fights the hookworm, right? Well, you know, like when you don't have hookworms, your body's like, huh, what should I do? I guess I'll kick my immune system's ass because fuck it. That thing's been laying around doing nothing. Lazy fucker. And it goes after your immune system. And, um, there's a, a, you really should check this uh, Radio Labs out. Um, it's called um, uh, Radio Labs, uh, and the episode is called Parasites, and it's incredibly interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've always been like, if I ever start like really suffering from seasonal aller- allergies, I'm I'm gonna get me some hookworms. There was a dude. Are you? How are you gonna do just by like shitting in your yard? Well, no, you can't really get it that way because you don't have hookworm. We don't have them in our body right now. So you... You, uh, you got to step in somebody else's shit. Well, you can order them, uh, literally, but you cannot get them delivered to the United States. So you have to end up going to Canada to get them. And then they come in a little patch. You put the patch on your arm and then the hookworm gets in your body. And then you have to kind of regulate it because essentially what it's causing is anemia. Right, they get into your gut, and everybody thinks hookworms are like this. They look horrible, like under a microscope, they look like these little terrifying things. Ah, so does everything. <clears throat> right, but the truth is, is that humans evolved having these things in their body, and now only in the past couple hundred years have we gotten rid of them. And it's really, it's really fucking with us. This is my symbiote. <clears throat> symbiote. Symbiote. I think you can say it either way. Yeah, symbiote or symbiote. Yeah, but it's really interesting how we kind of fuck ourselves by being so sanitized. But there was this dude who kind of figured this out and he ended up going to Africa and getting hookworm and then 
like basically, you know, getting cured of his, of his seasonal allergies. So it's a, it's a bizarre thing, but I really suggest you check it out. Hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. So there, that's a, that's a little, that's a little mind nugget for you. Science bitches. Science bitches. <laughs> I was just talking about, have, have you seen the uh, Martian? You know, with, I have uh, not. you haven't. No, um, oh, isn't that, so uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, it's got let's go to a Harvard bar and fuck up some smart kids. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon. You haven't seen it? I have not. Oh my God, it's one of the best like movies. Maybe I'll watch it, you, but you first. I know, I haven't seen Rudy yet. Just Damn it. Up. So, uh, but <laughs> it's a really good movie, and I've read the book recently, and the book is even better, um, which is typical. Um, but... Um, yeah, the, there's a scene in the movie that I just fucking love where Matt Damon's character, who's all by himself on Mars, um, is trying to figure out what he's going to do. And he's got to get this like Land Rover to go, you know, farther than it's supposed to. And he's like trying to figure it out. And he's like, and he's talking. It's like a video blog. That's what I really like about it. The way it's shot is he's shooting it as a video blog. So he's talking to the video blog and he says, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to just have to science the fuck out of that thing. <laughs> and I just got a kick out of that. So, so he's all by himself on Mars? I'm not going to wreck the story to, okay. for you. Well, I was just thinking like... He gets stranded on Mars. And <laughs> but he, you know, and he's trying to escape. You know, like I get that, but like... He's trying he, to survive. He's Okay, he's trying to survive. Okay, that makes a lot more sense because if he was trying to like get back, I was going to say, I don't know if, you know, like he should think about that. Um, you know, because... Uh, you know, like, uh, who, like who really gets enough me time? I feel like Mars would be a good place to get away. I don't know. Yeah, you know, as long as you got Wi-Fi, <laughs> as long as you, know, you have Wi-Fi, just fucking, you know, if you can get snacks, peanut M Ms and porn, I'm good. Whatever. Yeah, you should check the movie out. I will. Does it like? Is it heavy on peanut M Ms and porn? Because then I'm all in. Um, no, not too much. Thanks for nothing. It's more like potatoes. Um. The I have not got a chance to see Rudy yet. It's been a really crazy week. Um, Me too, man. I don't know how the fuck I wound up. So, oh no, I do. Like I, I, I just I wound up busier than I had anticipated, but uh, than I ever anticipated. I didn't mean to be this goddamn busy. I'm semi-retired. I'm this fucking busy. Stupid. Right. Um, but uh, I do plan on watching it. I did catch a couple more episodes of the newsroom with Meta, and uh, she yeah. is enjoying it um, as am I. Again. Oh, wait till you get to season. I forgot how fucking good episode, like the final episode of the first season is. Yeah. Mind blowing. I mean, like, I just wish that everybody would watch that show. I wish that definitely everybody could watch that last fucking that episode 10 or whatever. That yeah. last episode of the first season. We just finished. We just watched that last night. And of course, you know, like Christine, who'd never even fucking heard of the show before uh, we started watching it, like a couple of days ago <laughs> um, we're immersed um, she uh, like we, we, I'm like yep and that's the first season she's like let's watch one more let's watch the first episode of the second season <laughs> yeah she's I know that's the way it is and, and of course her first question is what the fuck's up with Maggie's hair <laughs> such a good show yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about before Gavin gets here? Um, you know, as long as he's not here, I guess I can throw the. Um, uh, <laughs> so, so I'm at uh, I'm at work the other night, and uh, there's something that I just I need to uh, express this to people because you hear shit like this all the time, and I think people get this fucked up. Um, but I'm listening to this kid uh, tell me about how many bouncers it took to throw him out. How many bouncers it took to throw him out uh, the last place that he was 
uh, thrown out of. And I'm like, I'm listening to him, you know, because I've heard all this shit before. You hear this stuff all the time. And it kind of reminds me of uh, that comedian, Ron White, you know, like, and he's, he's got that uh, bit where he talks about getting thrown out of that bar. And he's like, I don't know how many bouncers it was going to take to throw me out, but I know how many they were going to use. <laughs> now, that's a real thing. Um, and it's a real thing for a, a couple of reasons. Um, the more bouncers uh, that take you out of the bar, the safer it is for you. Right. Um, for them, too, but definitely for you. Um, and, you know, like, <laughs> you hear these little shithead tough guys, um, you know, like, oh, it took four bouncers. I'm listening to this kid. Oh, it took four bouncers to throw me out. I'm like, it took, like, they used four to protect you because these guys, it's their fucking, it's not their job to kick your ass and fucking toss you out the fucking door. It's not a goddamn movie. You know, it's not the old West or some shit. You know, there's, we live in litigious times. So bouncers, it, like it's their responsibility, their responsibility to mind your safety, to keep you safe, to not hurt you, and to protect the business from litigation, right? And themselves, you know. Um, so, like, if a bunch of bouncers throw you out, it's not because one wouldn't have sufficed. Typically, like, if you know, you want you want to get fucking stomped out and drug out by your fucking, you know, by your foot, you know. Cool. <laughs> like that's, that's not what you fucking want. You know, like, congratulations on the fucking stupid story. It is, and it's so fucking hard. And I don't think, <laughs> I don't think the general public appreciates this, but it's really fucking hard um, when somebody is like trying to kill you, you know, like they're, they pu- they're pulling out all the stops and they're swinging on you and shit. It's hard to fight somebody when you're trying to keep them safe. Right. Right. Um, you know, like, and that, that definitely applies to bouncers. Um, you know, I, I, you know, and, and outside of there, you know, like it was a couple of years ago, I fought a kid um, the night before his wedding um, and I was dating his mother-in-law and I'm like, I can't hit, like, there's no way I'm not going to hit this kid. Like I have to fucking not hurt him. I have to not put a fucking mark on him, but I have to get him on the ground. You know, like my, my goal was to get him on the ground and to fucking snap him out of it because he was fucking, he was kind of going nuts. I mean, he had his reasons, um, you know, like he, he felt like he had his reasons and stuff. And this is also a guy that I fucking I super like this kid. Right, he's fucking right. awesome. So you don't want to like, you know, um, permanently injure him. Yeah. He's he's yeah. just a really fun guy. Um and I like him. But you know, he like whatever, it shit got out of hand. Um <laughs> and he and he says, You want some Kyle? And I'm like, I always do, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> and and uh, you know, and I fucking anyway, so that's a that's a story for another so time. We, but like it's hard to fucking you know, and this kid was tough. We talk it's, about it in jujitsu all the time. If I'm <clears throat> teaching somebody or if I'm teaching a technique um that's like uh like a harm reduction technique, I'll 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 talk about it as um, you know, the, this is like for the drunk brother in law, right? You don't want to fuck him up, but you also can't allow him to continue to be an asshole. So you have to like be able to control him without hurting him. And <clears throat> the technique I use all the time, or we teach all the time, is the Russian tie, which Brock talked about in one of his episodes. And um, <clears throat> one of these days, we'll have to demonstrate that. And that is why when you're hiring bouncers, um, I mean, you can't. It's not like you can't get by without jujitsu. Uh, but almost every single guy that I hire. Um, every, you know, the guys that have worked with me for a long time, you know, they've all got some, like you've trained with all these guys. Almost every one of them. Um, and I mean, I think I have two guys on the roster, um, without any jujitsu and the one coaches wrestling in wrestling college. Um, so I mean, 
like it's you know grappling is you know definitely a great place to start um but uh like jiu-jitsu is a huge plus uh if you're gonna you know if you want to if you want to work security in a bar um you know and of course the biggest thing being customer service skills you know being able to talk to people and shit that helps. And, uh, you know, and, and but choking a bitch doesn't <laughs> and having you know and having enough confidence to uh, you know like be able to de-escalate a situation and stuff like that and not like show up all rattled you know because that's something a lot of especially a lot of the young guys a lot of guys that are new to it um, you know they they kind of get they have to get themselves kind of amped up in order to be right. like really assertive which is cool they'll you know I mean if, if they stick with it and uh, and you work with them a little um, you know they'll totally get past that. And pretty soon they'll be like, you know, they'll just be really chill about it, which is what, you know, ideally you want to be. But, uh, yeah, as far as like that, it took eight bouncers. To th- no, no, it didn't take that. Do you, you know? do, do you ever spend much time at the Blue Ox back in the day? <laughs> yeah. So I, I loved the Blue Ox and I loved Al. And back in the day I used to have, um, I used to be a, a telemarketing manager. This, uh, the, the Blue Ox uh, is oh, a, was a historic um, bar here in Brainerd. Um, the movie Fargo uh, they they didn't actually use the the location the Blue Ox, but they do like they start out. I think like, yeah, early they, in the movie they're at the Blue they're Ox. They're at the Blue Ox. It's not really the the actual Blue Ox, but I mean that it was written like that and shit. The the the, the bars in the movie. And it was a it was kind of like a like a whorehouse in the in the in the movie. Yeah. And I'm not I'm allegedly <laughs> there was may or may not have been surprised to say, <laughs> but back in the day there was a bartender. But the worst was Dripper, <clears throat> and his name was Al. And he's a big, huge dude with long blonde hair and a big handlebar mustache. He looked like a roadie. <laughs> he did. He looked like a roadie. And he, uh, um, <laughs> so I used to, I used to be a manager of a telemarketing center and my office was directly across the street from the Blue Ox and one floor up and I had a corner office and I would sit there, you know, and I worked, um, like one at, in the afternoon till nine at night. So around I would, closing time, I'd be sitting there and you would, um, they had this amazing door that was just this solid oak door and it would, you couldn't even hear the band or anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, you would see somebody's head like getting pushed <laughs> through the door and like Al would have that fucker by the back of the neck and the scruff of the pants and fucking throw them right out in the street and that you know you'd hear all the music and then the door would shut again that's how many bouncers it takes to get you out of the bar is one big fucking dude yeah. who knows what they're doing unless you're brock larson or something right you know? there, I mean, are, there of are course there's stories. there's exceptions there's exceptions to every rule and like there's some fucking tough guys out there that like holy shit you know like but i mean usually uh you know if it's not going to take four for a guy like that it's going to take like, don't worry about what you got. You better just call the cops, right. you know? Um, right. But, uh, yeah, that's that's one out of a fucking, like, out of a million fucking people. Um, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay, well, let's uh, let's take a little break, and we'll get uh, we'll find out where Gavin is. He's probably lost, and uh, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll start some spitballing. Right on. See you in a little bit. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt Taylor. Welcome back to Spitballing. I'm here with my good buddy. Kyle Amundsen. And today we have Gavin Rydell in the house. How you doing, buddy? Really good. Thanks good. for having me on the show, guys. Good really to appreciate have it. you. It's yeah. been like, I don't even know, seven seven years, eight years. Yeah, since we really know. got to sit down and like shoot the shit. Yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, since before episode one, we've been, well, yeah, I think we told you that. Like Since before episode one, we were like, you know who'd make a fucking great guest? Yeah, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are wrong. <laughs> I do not think so. Just kidding, just kidding. So... Um, I was just thinking today about like how I first like met you and I remember it pretty clearly. You 
put on an MMA event down at the um, at First Avenue. Yep. Yeah, and you had like a like a mohawk. Still do. It's, yeah, my hair is long right now, so. It's not good, <laughs> and uh, you were uh, you were feverishly smoking cigarettes. Yes. And you were um, just uh, well, you were kind of a douchebag. That was my first impression. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, totally. Totally. But I was just talking about that because um, we had this other guest on, PJ um, Severson, who um, is a local restaurateur, but super awesome guy. Um, and that was my first impression of him, too. And I, I feel like a lot of times um, that's not a bad thing if I first think people are douchebags because then uh, I get to know them and um, I find them to be brothers. Well, I only have one way to go, and that's up. Well, from, right. from douchebag, I mean, I'm not going to get <laughs> right. worse. So Right. Well, I mean, I, obviously, okay, like good. running an MMA event is a stressful uh, a stressful deal. Yeah, that and, was literally the worst night of my life. Right. It was right. insane. Right. I, at the time, I had never done it before um, and since have done one and uh, <clears throat> will never do another one. Cause, and a uh, decent percentage of people, uh, you know, that's their first impression of Matt. A lot of people think uh, Matt's a douchebag before they get to know him. Um, where, like, I think a lot of people think that I'm a douchebag too, but they come to that decision after knowing me for a while. Right. So. Right. It takes people, <laughs> yeah, usually people yeah. think you're awesome up front. And yeah. Then they, and then after a while, they're like, motherfucker. Like, oh, like, did you really? know he was a douchebag? He's like a secret douchebag. That's not second, but that's not that big secret. But. <laughs> um, so, so when I first met you, you were in, you were in the fight promotion industry. That was what you did. Yeah, that was, so I worked in bars and restaurants for 18 years of my life. Right. And when my oldest son, Toby, uh, when his mom and I split up, I was basically becoming a single father. Right. And he was split between both households and I couldn't go to regular jobs cause I didn't really have anyone to watch my kid or help right. with my kid. And, uh, at that point I was already training jujitsu over at the Warriors Cove with Josh Lebsock and, right. and you know, some of All some those, of those guys need help. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, we went to some fights down in Burnsville and I, and I was drinking as <laughs> what I normally do at fights. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, we're doing this. And, right. and Josh looked at me, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we're putting on fucking MMA shows. We're going to do right. this. And right. I was already a big fan of UFC. I'd been watching since, you know, the first year of UFC, I was, uh, stealing pay-per-views at my parents' <laughs> house right? and <laughs> get in trouble for that. So, um, he's like, okay, whatever. And he just kind of blew it off. And the next day I called first Avenue and I'm like, I'd like to put on an MMA event here. And right. we lined everything up and, uh, told Josh, like I secured a venue, we're going to move forward on this. And, uh, there was another local promoter that decided so graciously to help me with that show. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the event went off and we did it and we had, you know, good fights. It was a fun night. <clears throat> it was really a neat place to have fights. And it was one of the cooler, like venues I've ever that had is a, a cool fight venue. And also like you did some shit that nobody ever did. Like in between like r matches, you would, you'd have like go-go dancers come in and stuff. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, this is a neat idea. You know, it really, it was cool. And then I almost got thrown out and I was a judge. <laughs> <laughs> the security was fucking tight. And I, I, I had was used to like being Brock's buddy. Um, and so I could just do whatever the fuck I wanted at a fight. Like I, right. like I was, I was exempt from, you know, like I'd just go wherever I wanted. Well, I well, that apparently couldn't do that at first half and I ended up getting <laughs> thrown. I literally did get thrown out and I was calling Brock and he's like, what, 
you're a judge. You can't get thrown out. I was like, well, I'm standing on the front. Uh, I'm standing on the free street in front of First Avenue, so apparently I can get thrown out. And those fucking guys are pretty big. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit. Well, how uh, many did it take to throw you out? Um, it, it took. <laughs> it took. It took one. <laughs> we talked. We were talking earlier about uh, the whole. Uh, like I hear it at work all the time. It took four bouncers to throw me out. I'm like, is that how many it took? Like. Or were they trying not to hurt you? You know, like yeah, that that's, shit. That's always the case. You know, if there's 10 people surrounding you, I fought <laughs> off 10 guys and it was amazing. So, <laughs> so Brock, Brock just happened to have the right color wristband in his gym bag and like ran out on the street and gave me the right colored wristband. And then get, I got back in and I was able to judge the fights. Yeah. That's, I didn't even know that. So, okay. No, well, you, you, I, I didn't even know you. I, I, yeah, I, we didn't, I didn't even know each other met, back then. That yeah. was my first. So that was my first meeting with Brock because um, I had rented Brock's cage. I didn't know who he was or I didn't. I mean, I knew he was a fighter, but I didn't know anything about him outside of he was bringing his cage down. That's who the person that was helping me with the fights contracted to bring the cage down. And the day of the show, I actually, you know, Brock and I kind of bonded day one because he had a kid the same age as my kid. Yeah. His kid was in the hospital. Yeah, that was, was during that time period. Yeah. Yep. So we just, you know, it's it's easy to bond over kids, especially when one is really sick and right. not doing well. So I had a super soft spot for him immediately because I'm like, God, what if that was my kid? Like, I I don't know if I'd be down setting up cages. Right. <laughs> so right. scary, yep. you know? Yep. Um, but, yeah, that, I mean, the show is. If memory serves, he actually didn't set up the cage. Me and Carl Larson <laughs> set up the cage. And I've got to tell you, Carl Larson is even though he is of, he's very successful in the restaurant industry, he is not the hardest worker in the world. So um, it was like... Geez. Carl Larson is uh, Brock's brother and the yes. proprietor of uh, the, the Green Lantern. Lantern. He makes the yep. best pork sandwiches in the world. Though. He really does. No, he's an amazing cook. And he's doing a fucking fantastic job with the Green Lantern. And it, yeah. i got to tell you, it drives me nuts because I'm like... Come on, man. Carl's the one that fucking figured it out. And I remember when, when he first said he was going to get the buy the Green Lantern, I was like, you're nuts. You're nuts. And then I went and took a look at it with him, and then I was even more convinced he was nuts. This message brought to you by the Green Lantern. <laughs> They're probably, he's probably the only person I know who could afford to sponsor us. Well, he's doing so goddamn good. You've got built-in customers when you've got 500 relatives in town. There's That's that. Honest. Plus, yeah. where I feel like Carl really like was smart was when he started thinking outside of the box and started doing the, the big festival, not festivals, but the big uh, concerts with the yeah. iconic fest and stuff. And it's just such a, I mean, and the food is great and the everything. Great. And, and he didn't, you know, like, and I'm sure he didn't pay a mint like right out of the gate, you know, like uh, I he think bought they, a spot that, yeah, you I know. think they're kind of begging somebody to take it. At yeah. The time. So yeah. Yeah, were, were the old owners more. just like done tired or what? Well, actually you, uh, I don't remember exactly how it went, but, um, you, you knew Ed, um, oh, yeah. Minky, he owned it and then he sold it on a contract for deed to another per people, some people that owned some other bars. And then they just, you know how that goes when you own too many bars, they were not making it work. And then, um, they, I, I believe then they sold it to Carl, either that, or it went back to Ed and Ed sold it to Carl. I'm not sure how it all ended up working okay. out, but yeah, at the time it, so it had kind of been, it had kind of had, you know, you know, I'm not sure that when Ed owned it, it failed, but he was ready to get out of it. Um, and then, you know, the other bar failed right away. It wasn't so. kicking ass like it is now. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I mean, they all have 20,000 people show up for shows there. 
Are you no, me? that's better than any fight we ever did. <laughs> oh, for sure. And then even when they, the um, promotion company, um, Huff Entertainment, um, who does the Iconic Fest and the rest of it out there, they're the ones who did the show in Brainerd, the Bud Brawl that Logan fought on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, yep. that's right. Your kid fought. I <laughs> that was a good that. event. That's right. Yeah, it was very good. And they put on a good event, and there was a bunch of people there. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure that made money. And uh, was it like the old days of Bada Bing's? Kind of like felt like. It, fun it, it wasn't people there it wasn't quite fun like that okay. all right <laughs> but uh, it, it, yeah that it was, was a, a little more a like fun show you know it was yeah, that, like the the, the bud brawl one you know like that was good it was a little more like family friendly atmosphere and stuff okay. like that which you know, fucking ruins it for me um <laughs> but uh you know so I, is rory still lives up here I'm assuming. yeah okay yeah shit <laughs> <laughs> i gotta tell you this thing. so okay we're jumping ahead a little bit, but eventually Gavin ends up becoming partners with Brock and CFX. Okay. And then, um, Rory Tulinchek, who is, I don't know, I think he's Brock's cousin relative. Uh, they, work, they work together at, yeah, uh, Anderson, Anderson brothers. brothers and stuff. I um, talked to Rory, like, I, I don't know. I, I talked to Rory at least once a week. So Rory ended up, um, co-promoting, um, a CFX event at Bada Bings. This was a lot of years ago, eight, nine years ago. And, uh, um, it was a great event. It was really, really fun, and a bunch of people showed up, and it was awesome. Um, and, but Rory's always been a little pissed at me because I never gave him the video of the thing. All right? Now, the video was available. He could just go watch it. It was online. I gave him, a, but he wasn't computer literate enough. Anyway, he wants a fucking DVD of it, and I've been promising him a DVD for <laughs> nine-ish years, but I haven't gotten around to making it. So the last time I saw Rory was out at the Green Lantern and it was at like Brock's retirement mm. uh, party, like party right? And I'm sitting around and you know, like whatever. And I was wearing a, uh, like a Western style, like button up shirt that has snaps or whatever. And Rory walks up to me and judo tosses me in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> preemptive anything he just like like i think he went to shake my hand and then just tossed me and ripped my shirt off and like like it didn't rip but it like the buttons came open and like kind of came off and i'm like on the floor of the bar and i was like i was like what the fuck rory and he goes where's my dvd (laughs) (laughs) and i said and i got up and i said well i just want to thank you because any chance to take my shirt off i will i'll, I'll take these days and anyway and then well, that you're, was, you're in like better shape than almost ever yeah i, I feel mean, like you're in pretty damn good shape well yeah. thank you don't speak in your fucking microphone you well, thank you oh, sorry. I, I am especially uh, when you compliment him i uh he wants everybody to be able Matt, to hear that Taylor, shirt. you're so hot you're so buff i i feel i am in good i'm in good shape uh like pretty much since i like hit 40 i really like made that change though just recently i've been been spending a lot of time at my girlfriend's house and she's a really good cook and i i, I ever i'm like god damn it i am gonna get fat if i keep that must up. be why you're self-conscious about because he's always talking about like these uh like the last couple of times we got together uh he was complaining about his shirts like being too small for him but i'm like it fits you great like yeah meta thinks i'm a schmedium she picks my shirts <laughs> for me and uh i'm always like jesus man a little tight the tummy but um <clears throat> yeah so rory tool and check i'll get you that dvd Someday, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's probably like DVDs are going to go the way of fucking like VHS before you get him that goddamn DVD. It's going to be like this forgotten format. And he's like, I don't even have anything to play this on. Yeah, right. right? 
more than likely. Well, isn't, it, isn't it still on YouTube somewhere? Yeah, I mean, it's all out there. I yeah. mean, come on. Just yeah. get a YouTube ripper and rip the video. And actually, I don't, let's worry though, but um, <laughs> I don't even have, I don't even think I physically have the videos anymore right. um, because of the, all the shit that happened, which we'll, we'll probably get into. Um, I would actually like to know because I know like a lot has happened to you over the years that I haven't been around. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. And you're, and you're still the same. Everything yeah, else. Kyle does. You're, you're big and strong. And, <laughs> you know. And handsome. Yeah, handsome, and, and very handsome. handsome. <laughs> in, so in the microphone. <laughs> so after um, you and uh, you you did that first event, um, and uh, uh, you guys didn't like you know like everybody thinks that throwing an event you're just going to walk away with a pile of money. So I lost my ass. That right. event made me pretty much homeless <laughs> with right. my one year old. Right. Um, so what did I do? But I went deeper into the industry. Right. I was really smart. Uh, I continue to work with uh, somebody in the industry and I learned the ropes over time and I started a little clothing line. Um, and eventually after, you know, I don't even know how many years Brock and I were talking, but we just kept talking about kids and, and catching up with each other. And eventually I was like, God, I just, you know, I want to come work with you. I want to come do something with CFX. And he uh, eventually had talked things over with Carrie, his wife, and, and they decided to, you know, gift me part of the company to, pretty much run it matchmake and and secure events and kind of grow the company so um greatest thing that ever happened to me at that point in my life well and the greatest thing that ever happened to cfx because the truth is is as like good as some of the cfx that brock was putting on at the time um he uh I don't know if you know this or not, but Brock Larson does not have a great eye for detail. Um, <laughs> so like stuff would slip through the cracks or it would always be so last minute. And then when you started getting involved, like the per- production level went up and so did like, you know, like it, it started to, it was much better having two people really work right. on it and well, work on it. You know, A lot of people. Cause you were, you were there oh, all sure. the time doing production and filming and laying everything out. There was a team of people. That yeah. Worked on it. But I mean, <laughs> It was it was nice to have two guys that were like you know like completely vested in it, right? right. And uh, and you guys started actually doing pretty well for a while. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I think we did more Target Center shows than anybody in the history for MMA, including UFC. Right. Um, we were at one point. I think we were almost doing a show a month. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, I was ended up matchmaking for King of the Cage. Yep. Minis- or the Minnesota. And you had and you managed some fighters. Managed some fighters too. Yep. Um, brought you know some guys to. The Ultimate Fighter, some to Bellator, some to Strikeforce, some to UFC. Uh, man- management is probably one of the worst parts of the business. Yeah, no, it's very tough. It's so cutthroat. People will <laughs> steal your fighter for a fucking dollar and a cookie. Right. It's really bad. Yep. So. I mean, the whole industry kind of sucks. It's gross. Uh, it's gross. Yeah. And, and, I mean, as much as I used to really love MMA and love the fight industry, I don't even know who fights anymore. I don't know who anybody is in UFC except for Tony Martin because he's our friend, obviously. Right. Um, but other that's than, the only time I'm interested yeah. is if, like, if Mo or Tony Martin yeah, Mo, or, Mo, or you know, anybody that I like, like, like roll with is going to fight, then I'll watch it. But other than that, I could just care less. I can't keep track of all the names. It's and, watered down. It's every weekend. There's a, yep. a damn show. True. Somewhere. True. Yep. So but I uh, that go, that uh, I I remember. Uh, like you and Brock gave me the same answer, uh, and I was like, "I'm like, so this is fun. This is great. I love this shit. What's the worst part of the fight game? Fighters. 
it's true. <laughs> and the more you know, and that was that was when I first showed up. And the longer I, you know, and the and the more events I went to, the more I was involved. You, like, you start to see it, like yeah, totally. Oh, I, I, I got hurt. Well, uh, the fight's tomorrow. What, what were you doing? Oh, I got hurt. I can't make it. It's like okay, um, great, thanks. And it's like thirty people that do that every show. So yep, <laughs> it's holding a fight together uh, on the local level and on the like the mid, you know, small to mid scale promotions is like herding cats. It yep. is so freaking hard, and it's and ridiculously time consuming. Time consuming, stressful. I mean, all my hair turned gray because of the fight industry. <laughs> right, <laughs> yours all fell out. Uh, I didn't have any. This time. <laughs> I'm just my hair. Fell yours out. did too. My hair <laughs> fell out when I was. Uh, like 19 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I started going bald when I was 19. By the time I was 22, I was shaved. Hmm. So it's been a Damn. very, very long time. 22, 23. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> no follicles. Mine fell out from dating younger women. Yes. I remember her. <laughs> <laughs> them, them. There was a string of them. Yeah. I remember the one. Particularly the one was problematic. <laughs> 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 you 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 probably remember. Well, she was. She ran. She was. She yeah, did she was some ring girling. Girl. Yeah. with us back in the day for the Brainerd shows. Um, uh, for CFX. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think uh, yeah, uh, First Ave and a, a bunch of shows. Oh, um, yeah, Marianne. Oh, oh I, I guess yeah. we are going to call. It. I, I guess we are going to. I, I know. I, I do remember. <laughs> I've told the story before, but it's one of my favorite ones. <clears throat> when um, the don't ta- don't tag yeah, me, bro. The don't tag me, bro <laughs> thing. So Marianne Kyle's girlfriend. One time we were. We were out hanging out, me and Kyle were hanging out, and of course, there was some drinking involved, and somehow I ended up falling down in on the floor of Liquor Pigs, which, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, it happens, and uh, Marianne decides to jump on top of me and, um, like, pound me out, so she's, like, like mounted me, and she's, like, you know, punching me, yeah. and I'm, like, br- yeah. and I'm bridging like to get her off of me and she, her hands up like this. And of course the picture gets snapped right then <laughs> and she fucking tags me in it. And it like totally looks like I'm screwing her on the floor of the bar. And I was like, I was like, and that was right when the guy got tased and he was like, don't tase me, bro. Oh yeah. yeah. And I was like, hashtag don't, don't tag, tag me, me. bro. <laughs> I thought I, I, I thought I'd put t-shirts out, say and, that, but it never happened. And Matt's girlfriend at the time was not impressed. No, she's not impressed. Uh, I think I remember her too. But yeah. she was pretty hateful. Anyway. That was uh, <laughs> E Squared days, right? Uh, yeah, it's probably E Squared that. Cafe. Yep. E Squared Cafe days. Yeah. Yep. Which was right. Yeah, right down the road. Somewhere right down around down. here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, what? When did you decide that you wanted to not do the fight industry anymore? Uh, it was it was my fault again, wasn't it? Yes, that's um, because you thought I was a douchebag. I just no, couldn't be around I, you. It, I warmed up to you very quickly, no, but you, I did originally think, God, that, what a douche, but yeah. <laughs> well, I liked it because I smoked at the time, too, and I knew that if I was going to go out, if I, went, if I was going to go smoke, chances are you'd be out there yeah. because you smoked a lot. I, okay, I was smoking three <laughs> packs a day, yeah. and I, I did that for seven years of 27 years. Yikes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really actually surprised I'm still alive. Yeah, to be honest, right. I mean, and it was weird too because you were you were like a you were a super heavy smoker in an industry that doesn't like have a lot of smokers because no. I mean, like every Brock, Brock hated it. Oh, I mean, he just fucking <laughs> hated it. Brock's not very good about um, not expressing his feelings about any about something yeah. like, like Gavin. You stink. You can't ride in my car. Like you just was an asshole. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so the last CFX that you ever did was at the Shine. Is that right? I think the uh, so the last CFX I helped with, I 
think was at Target Center. It was a show. You did one after The Shine? It was a show that involved Jeremy Bjornberg and Nick Gamst. Okay, so it was like a collaboration. It was a collaboration show. I helped out a little bit. and But I think the last true CFX was at The at the shine oh, yeah yeah and that yeah. was like the was that, that the was one like where, a, where tony martin no well, that, that was at, that uh, was at bada bing. there's a story for later we'll come back to that later <laughs> um i don't even know if we should talk about it but anyway uh when he uh, go ahead yeah so, um no i was just kind of the, the opponent that tony had the pre-conversations of like hey you're new he's new just take it easy it, it, isn't that the one oh, and then tony broke his orbital socket Tony is that one broke his jaw in two places? Yeah, no, we already talked. We already talked oh that story. Yeah. <laughs> and then the kid, do you know like what happened in the aftermath of that? Uh, so the kid went and had his jaw wired shut. The doctor did it wrong. Oh, was there an infection or something like that? They wired it together wrong. They had to go back in after it was healed and re-break it and rewire his jaw. That kid was in oh. like wires for like three and a half. Well, months. that's what you get for fucking fighting Tony Martin, dum dum. Yeah. But he was new. Tony was an unknown Tony, quantity. Tony was new, new at the time, so we were like. Kind of getting Tony used to fighting in and front besides, of crowds. And if you look at Tony, like you can't like just just by eyeball, just by like the eyeball test, he like he's a handsomely. He, look, he looks yeah. like a kid, like he, like, he's he like a Uriah Faber, right? He, right? Yeah. Like you know, like he doesn't look like somebody that's gonna like fuck you up, he, you know? Until he, he does fucks more you now up. <laughs> than he did, but back then, yeah, he just looked like a he just looked like a kid. Yeah, he was just he, a skinny kid. He was yep. Clean cut too, like yeah, clean super cut, clean like, cut, really friendly looking guy, and yeah, um, and. I just remember the pre-fight talk from Brock and myself. I was like, hey, take it easy. This could be a good like opportunity to work on your grappling. And that, that didn't happen. One punch and Tony broke him. That I think shit it was, was one over. And then another one on the way down that pushed his jaw the other way. Because I think it broke up here and then down here. Did that kid ever fight again? No. God, no. He never but, talked again, Kyle. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, the, good, I mean, the, the cool thing, though, is every time that Tony fights, he gets to say, oh, my God, that's the guy that almost killed me. Right. right, right, right. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope he feels okay about it. You know, like you goddamn sure should. You know, like yeah. he's probably a tough kid. You know, but like the luck of the draw. Like you happen to fucking get in the ring with a motherfucker that had a big future in this event yeah. in this you know in this sport. Mm. So one of the last shows that you worked on though was at the Sunshine Kitchen Moonshine Lounge, which used to, it was a bar that I used yeah. to own, and we had kind of a big field out there, and we had this idea that we were gonna like do an outdoor MMA event, and. uh it just it, it it kind of flopped. It didn't. It didn't. I mean, it was a fun event. Nothing uh, cooperated. You know, it was like the wet. We got the a weather we got was a shit. monsoon the night before. I Brock and I were out trying to uh, to like keep the tent from falling down, and eventually it just collapsed. So we had no tent, and we were worried the next day that the, that it was going to rain, and it, and it, it did, and then. I I, okay, I, I, I do. You know, a lot of the fight industry I block out because no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I don't. I wouldn't. That I I was, I just was sick that day. Just it was bad. So, you know, you asked me like when I got on why. So, really, it, the amount of stress and pressure that the fight industry puts on any individual is insane. Right. I, most most normal people that they they would crack under half of a show. Right. You know, with everything leading up to it and anybody who's promoted a fight or been part of a fight or been around fights knows just on that local level, it's if anything can go wrong, it will. And you have to save it. And when the door opens, that's it. Like it's go time and you have right. to figure the it out. Fights must go on. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I worked really, really hard in that industry. I tried really hard to make a name for myself and, 
um, it just, I just was done. Yeah. That was it. Like I had to, you know, I had a kid. I, when I left, um, I, uh, was with my, my wife, Kim. Yep. Now. You so weren't married yet though. Not married yet. we actually just got married this last summer, which was right. really cool. We had a cultural wedding Yeah, her culture. She's Hmong. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about that, but it's really cool. Good. Uh, so, but yeah, we were like just getting our relationship started and, and I'm like, we'd go through entire dinners out where I would not get off my phone. Right. And she'd just sit and watch me work. And, and, um, also at that time, you know, I was dealing with international fighters and, and so time zones, I'd be up at three in the morning on the phone and some chain smoking cigarettes. Right. Um, so I was killing myself. Yep. Smoking. I was never present with my child or my girlfriend at the time I was there, but I wasn't present. Right. Um, and I just wasn't making a living. Like right. I, I couldn't make enough money to really go the direction I wanted to go. And I'm a very entrepreneurial spirited guy. And, um, I love the idea of owning businesses and well, you know, doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I was looking at your Facebook. I was like, try to Facebook stock people before. And I was like, how many fucking CEOs is he? You know, you're on everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I just do that to make myself look cooler. So you finally just say, fuck it. And are done. Yeah. And it, honestly, it was really hard because I, you know, I really needed like Brock's blessing to do that because he gave me this opportunity and I was really like, I felt like I was kind of running out on my, oh, my friend and I don't my think partner. that's the case though. I, I know. I don't think he saw it that way no. either, but it was a, a hard thing for me to go to him and be like, look, I, I have to leave this. I have to do this for my family, for myself. And I ended up just working in a club downtown for a couple of years. So I like was training with Brock all the time back then. And we were talking, we talked at great lengths about it. Um, and it was definitely one of those things where, he was continuing to continue because he didn't want to let you down and you were continuing to continue because you didn't want to let him down. Oh, he was, I wish so, you would have talked to me about he was, it. he was, he was so relieved when it was over. That's so that's you guys a, probably after all these years, that's really good to hear. It, it, and it's a hundred percent. We, you guys could have quit a couple of years I earlier with that. Yeah. and uh, you probably both would have, uh, would have not aged as much. Yeah. Cause I know by the end, Brock was just as done as could be too. Oh, and I mean, throughout that whole time he was fighting, trying so to he's fight training, at the same time, trying yeah. to do that, fighting, trying to be a father, trying to be a husband. I mean, like we all were just like, oh, what the hell's going on all the time. It's yeah. just, it was too much. Yeah. It's too much on our family members too. Yep. So, so that yeah. was it. I quit. Pulled the plug. Pulled the plug. That's the greatest thing I ever did. Yeah. For myself, yeah. for my yeah. family. Except that I didn't get to see you as often. So yeah. a couple of years go by, really. And I, you know, Gavin is just in the in the wind. And what were you doing then? You were just bartending? I was a bartender, and then I ended up managing a club downtown. Uh, I was not the general manager, but I was one of the managers at a club downtown. And during that time, I was just kind of working and, and trying to make my life better. Get caught up. Right. And then, what did you do? And then what did I do? So... Oddly enough, one of my uh, friends from the fight industry, uh, he worked for King of the Cage as well. He was their merchandiser all across the world, actually. He had gotten fired. So he, and this was back before, this was while we were still in the industry. And I had quit King of the Cage after they fired him because was, it was really unjust in what they did. He oh. designed all their merchandise. And King of the Cage is a, gross. That's a gross company yeah. to work for. Yeah. I, yeah. Would, I would love to tell the stories of how they treat fighters and what they make us as matchmakers do, but I'm not going to do that today. I'll tell one quick one. I used to, I used to do, I used to be a gun for hire for them. I just go up and, and I just shoot. Yeah. Like I didn't even bring my own equipment. I would just go and, and hang off the side of the cage and shoot. And, um, it was a good gig. It was 200 bucks. And, uh, they'd give you a, they'd give you a free meal. I was up at the, at the Walker casino and fucking steak at that, 
at that the, the, the uh, dance, blue cheese. dancing I, fire grill up there at that walker yeah, yeah the blue cheese encrusted steak That's is amazing fucking amazing i totally would have done it for just the steak like if i would have just got the steak would have been fine so so i liked doing it, it was fun and then it was kind of during this time period where they were i think king of the cage was going through some issues and they were they were getting rid of some of the good people anyway long story short <clears throat> i went up there did it one time and now i'm just waiting to get paid and it Four fucking hours I sat there before they gave me my check. And I was like, and I took my check and I said, don't call me again. And they're like, what? I was like, I don't, I, I quit. I'm not going to work for you guys anymore. Oh, well, why not? We love you. <laughs> I just sat here for four fucking hours waiting for a fucking $200. I'm done. And I was like, that, that was it. And I never fucking talked to them again. They actually did message me one time and I replied, fuck you. <laughs> Well, Good. There's a little poetic justice there. I like that. They're, uh, you know, like I know they specialize in, um, you know, sketchy fights on the res, uh, or, you know, at least around here. Um, but uh, <clears throat> are there like so? Have the rules changed about that? Like the 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 blood tests and shit like that? Uh, um, like for, for for fights on the res now? It, it depends completely on the um, on the tribal mm-hmm. commission. So, for example, like Hinkley has a really strict commission and i mean like so strict you can hardly put on fights there dude i it was terrible like i had to do because i was over the age of 40 i had to go through extensive tests to prove that i was capable of fighting um like an mri and a fucking wow ekg stress test and all this stuff and then some reservations they don't even need to you know like you could have fucking hepatitis it's all right come on in we got hepatitis fights it it just completely depends on the on the on the uh because each you know each uh reservation is a you know sovereign Sovereign state so that's yeah so so the minnesota athletic commission doesn't have any say over what they do so that's how it works I, i think most reservations are getting better about that you know every everybody who actually cares about the fight industry and, and is in it they want to do things the right way so even at every single show i ever did i made sure you know i was the matchmaker but i was also the paperwork pusher and everything else right so i made sure all my fighters had their blood work in and all of their medical tests and uh, most yeah, of our fighters even pre-commission you guys were requiring yeah, yeah. stuff that nobody else was requiring yeah, we yep. were, just be safe right I mean, shit i mean you guys had a doctor yeah <laughs> like that was i mean there was no doctor at a lot of those shows <laughs> right well I mean, that, you know it's it's fighting, right? People get hurt, bad things right. happen, good things happen. Even at the show I I promoted, I had Sam Gibbons as my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, uh, so then, so a couple of years go by. You're working at this bar. Your buddy from King of the Cage. Yep. So he started a e liquid company out in California, and he was also a heavy smoker like I was. He and I spent a lot of time in casinos smoking cigarettes together and drinking beers. But uh, he sent me some e-liquid that he had made and just the very early on vape pens that they had. Um, and within like three weeks, I was substantially cut down on smoking. If I was even smoking, you know, every day, I was probably smoking like a couple days a week and not really smoking at all. And so I started buying his products from him wholesale and selling them out of my backpack downtown. Oh, okay. So that's and this is in the early days back when like... Seven, eight years ago. Yeah, so there really wasn't, you know... Like you can just go to every any gas station and and get it. I mean, it was it was kind of on the yeah. This was like I mean, this was the new technology that took vaping, that took the vape industry to the next step. So they would call them open systems. They're tanks you fill yourself. You buy fifteen thirty mil bottles. Now they're huge, but um, 
Yeah. So with that, I, I started doing this and I, and I went to Kim, who's my wife now. And I said, well, I'm going to start a shop. I'm going to do this. I'm going to open a store and we're going to sell e-liquids. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we're doing this. We're going to help people quit smoking. And it, I don't smoke anymore. And right. she thought I was out of my mind. And but I, she's like, okay, uh, whatever you want to do. And that was right about the time that, that I transitioned from doing the E-Squared Cafe to opening the Sunshine Kitchen Moonshine Lounge. And I remember you got a hold of me and you were like, like, I couldn't even understand what you're talking about. You're talking so fast and you were so fucking excited. And, but what I got, what I took away from the conversation was you must have said 30 times I quit smoking. And I was like, what? Anybody who watches this that knows me knows that that was never, ever in my cards. I would like, I didn't think that was even a possibility. The idea of Gavin Rydell, not constantly, chimney smoking i just didn't didn't even think that was possible so i was like dude whatever you're doing fucking great let's get together and talk and so so you started like did you ended up opening a shop right yep we had uh, infinite vapor and coon rapids was our first store um during that time i was still working downtown at nights uh my my wife was pregnant with our son jacks our middle child and she was there painting in the day or painting and I'd you know, be there too, but then she'd like be doing stuff while I'm at work. And when we finally got the store open, she was running the shop. I was going to work at night. I was coming in the morning, and the, it was just create like chaos, right? So, you know, working 80 to 100 hours a week, trying to get the store off the ground. But the first year was, was really tough, but we ended up getting three stores open in the first year with some partners in the different stores. Um, and it was really good. Like people were actually starting to jump onto this idea of e-cigarettes and, and quitting smoking through e-cigarettes. Uh, within that first year, there was a lady, she was probably maybe in her late seventies, COPD, fucking terrible, right? She comes in, she gets an e-cig, we get her set up. She calls us daily on like how to use this thing. So we, we coach people over the phone. We consider, at least with our company, we consider ourselves consultants, not just salespeople. Right. We really try to like help people through the process of quitting and then eventually getting off of e-cigarettes is our main goal. Um, we'll put ourselves out of business, I guess. The government's going to do that for us. Forget it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she ended up quitting smoking and she was a really good customer. Her family came in and thanked us. It was so important for her family and her kids and everyone to see her quit smoking and her health got better. Her breathing got better. And it was just this really amazing feeling to know like, Oh my God, we're actually saving lives. This isn't bullshit. And I always thought that was so interesting, such a different approach that you always had to this whole like vaping industry thing. Um, a lot of people like, like you were never afraid to be like, this is a tool to quit smoking. No, you would. I mean, you'd say it all the time. And you personally were a person who like went through that process and yeah. went from being a crazy smoker to, to quitting smoking. And I thought that was super cool. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't vape either. I quit well, vaping wait, three years ago. wait, we're going to get there. God damn it. <laughs> but I um, have a, a, a slightly different story. Um, so I used to be a heavy, heavy smoker back in the day. And, uh, and uh, I, I quit a couple times, but the last time when I, when I quit, I was, uh, it was, uh, uh, a day, it was a weird day. It was, uh, what was it? September 11th, <laughs> 2001. So what happened was that I was, was a weird day. It was a weird day. I woke up that morning and I found out that my wife at the time, um, was pregnant. 
So she like, we had been trying to get pregnant. Um, I was a little reluctant at first, but I eventually, I eventually came over. Um, I always fucking tell it straight because I, I put it out there. So when Jess and I first got married, um, Jess was my second wife, um, and she was also a, mar- a, 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 a martial artist, martial artist uh, and did jujitsu, uh, fought a couple times for for Brock and um, you know whatever. But when we first got married, she was um, she no kids. That was part of the deal, and uh, you know we'd been together. We'd been married for about a year, and she said that she wanted to have a kid. And I was like, what? no like no fucking way that's part of the deal and if anybody knows Jess this won't be hard to believe but she says um Matt I'm going to have a baby you just need to decide if you're going to be the father oh shit (laughs) and I was like fuck well and but I I, that didn't get me to sign on man it took me like a while like months to like finally concede and and but I was I was not convinced that uh you know I was like I think uh, I think my line was and I'm gonna use a bad word here um I said um what, during a, a a fevered battle um which is <laughs> they could be pretty battley um I said um you know what the fuck makes you think we're gonna have a good child I'm just above a retard and you're insane <laughs> she's like solid point make a decision and uh and so we decide we're going to have a baby. Uh, so boom, she pees on the stick. We get the plus sign. We're all excited. We go down to my, to my restaurant at the time was the eclectic cafe to tell Ma and all the people there how excited we were that we're going to have a baby. And I walk in and, uh, everybody's staring at the TV and I was like, Hey everybody, we're pregnant. And nobody fucking says anything. And I look and there's a goddamn airplane sticking out of the world trade center. Just one. And then as I'm watching it, there's another one. And I'm like, I got to stop smoking. <laughs> and I did. One month later, I, I quit smoking. That's what did it, huh? Yeah, I was, well, I was like, fuck, I'm, we're, like, we got a Republican president. We're at war. And uh, I'm going to have a baby. I got to quit smoking. So I did Shantix, though. Yeah, I want to actually, I'd like to hear your story about that because I've always been very against Shantix. Because yeah. it's fucking... I like an antipsychotic shit. Yeah, so I didn't have much of the side effects that people go through with Shantix. Like, it just made me dumb. It like zoned me out, like way, way out. And I remember toward the end of the month because you're you're supposed to start taking it and then you're not even supposed to try to quit smoking and it just over the month you you like cut down or whatever and toward the end of the month I was sitting there watching television and I like never had television but my wife was like hat we had to get television every time the fucking um twins were playing she was a big twins fan it was super weird so we had television and I'm sitting there flipping through the t- channels and I thought to myself god I haven't had a cigarette in four hours and then I was like Holy, holy shit, I've been sitting on this couch for four fucking hours and I threw the remote control and was like, wow. And, uh, but other than just being super, super zony and having some really weird dreams, but that's not very uncommon for me anyway, that was about it. And I was able to quit. So I didn't smoke at all from two, from whatever, 2001? Is that what September 11th was? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to get back to my microphone here. I'm really and, bad at this part. And, and I didn't do anything else. And then this little fucker Gavin Rydell calls me up one day and and is like all excited about quitting smoking and 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 is all excited about this new vape thing that he's got going on and and comes up and like 
shows me all this stuff and and like it wants me to start selling it at my at my bar that I got and I was like yeah it's great and then he's like yeah here well here's like here's here I'll give you this and then you know we'll just we'll just not put any nicotine in it and I was like well we need just a little bit of nicotine one you know oh geez I got you started on vaping and I have not I am a fucking vape fiend from that point to this point. This is a terrible story, man. This is not helping my case. <laughs> well, you know, though, it kind of is in the sense that, so one of the things, one of the reasons I was always wanted to quit smoking was, was um, health, but not only health, but performance. Like I was, even at that time, was just starting to get into doing jujitsu, but also like I've always been, in, I've been into martial arts for years after that. And it was, a, I, you know, I'd have a, I would, I would have a hard time being competitive and like I was always coughing and always whatever. And I started vaping um, and I never found a difference in my performance. Like I never had any of those side effects that like I used to have when I was smoking. Um, And um, I was like, Oh my God, this has been the thing that's been missing from my life. You know, (laughs) nicotine is extremely addictive. It is what it is. Um, But also like it's, it's, it's nicotine without, all of the consequences that come from smoking. Um, not to say that there are no consequences, but it doesn't have the consequences that come with smoking. Um, let alone just like the idea that I don't stink and my teeth aren't stained and like I like, you know what, all that stuff. But also I just, yeah, like it, it's, um, yeah. Well, I feel bad that I got you started on vaping. Son of a bitch. I know. Like that's the, what we're not trying to do. I but I like I said I have a weird story but that said there are a ton of people who have gone the other direction who were smokers and then were able to use vaping as a way to like quit smoking and then and then you even quit vaping yeah the last time I really hung out with you was at not really hung out but you came to my the my 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 um debut retirement fight yep um, <laughs> you and, fought uh, Ke- Kelly? Kelly. Yeah, yeah, Kelly yeah, Johnson. yeah. I want to try to... I want a tough guy. He is really tough. I want to try to have him come on the show. Uh, we we talked a little bit about it because uh, it'd be super fun. That was a really interesting... Um, it was just a really interesting thing to do to like fight this dude and and, 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 uh, and he just ended up being such a cool guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we had nothing but love and respect for each other even before we got into the cage, but afterward, like, yeah, become yeah. good friends with him. That's honestly one of the things that I always loved about the fight industry was, I don't know if it's so much like that today, but at least back then, everybody had respect for each other. Some guys would not get along very well. well this but was only four years ago or whatever it was. It's back in the Three day now. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit changes fast, man. Yeah. But was, I think it's always like that. Yeah. And not all, I mean, not always. Like, there were douchebags all the time back then, you know, whatever. But, I mean, wouldn't you have two people that are decent people and they respect each other and they go in and they, and they, and they compete in this event that they don't have to hate each other. Well, even know? like outside of the cage, you know, like a lot of times, you know, like after a couple of guys have fucking gone at each other, like what, you don't have shit left. You don't have shit bad yeah. to say. Like, you know I mean? Like, I mean, it's, you know, like you, you've, you've, you know, you've already had it out, you know? I mean, You've you've prov- you've proven who the better man was, you know, like better man, um, just the speech. better man that day. Yeah, on any given day, um, and uh, you know, because like, how many guys like have you know, like just scrapped with them shit that you like? Okay, cool. Can I buy you a drink? You know, like that kind of shit. Well, you know, shit. I mean, stuff, like, you know, like in jits, it happens all of the time where you're like, you know, I don't. 
I don't dislike the people that tap me out. I'd have to disown my son, make a joke when I was ready. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten about that for today. God damn it. Um, I'm just going to beat you to the punch. <laughs> On Logan's birthday, he armbarred me, all right? It's out there. It happened one time. That just means that you put out really good genes. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. Good job. Yeah. I was, I was happy. He, he did it right in front of Brock, too, and it was completely legitimate. And I was... I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't salty, but I was certainly not like excited that he fucking caught me, but, uh, I was proud of him and I wanted to kick his ass, but, um, <laughs> but you know, no, like you all the time you're competing at a, at a level where, you know, I mean, jiu-jitsu is a rough sport and you're trying to like choke somebody <laughs> unconscious and yet you love them. It does nothing, yeah. you know, and when they catch you, you're not like, oh, it's it's like right. combat sports are a strange animal like that. You yeah. know, like, you know, if you go to a boxing gym, you know, like. Those guys hate each other? Nah. Might they hit each other in the face every goddamn, you know, like like once or twice a week? Yeah, probably. Oh, for sure. And, you know, fucking, it's, you know, buddies afterwards? Absolutely. You know, like it's... Not even buddies. Brothers. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. So that fight, you came to my, my, my debut retirement fight, and uh, you were still vaping up a storm, but you were doing zero nick, right? And I was like, this is fucking weird, you know? And you like always had these big, huge mods and you're just putting out this fucking dragon cloud of smoke or vape. No, not smoke, but drink. And, but yet no Nick. And I was like, this seems completely bizarre. And you, but I was like, I can't believe it. I can't believe a, the Kevin, Kevin, how, how many years ago doesn't that? smoke? Well, how, well, how four years? Yeah. Had to, yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I think I was 42 yeah. and I'm 46. So, okay. So, yeah, four years ago you went to zero Nick, and then, uh, is that about right? Yeah, and I, I, I feel, I mean, I guess I don't know, like, definite timelines, but I feel like it's been about three that I haven't vaped at all. Yeah, so then you went from zero Nick to just not doing it at all. Yeah, yeah I, I pretty much just woke up one morning, and I was like, I don't need this anymore. So I think the biggest thing about why I vaped zero for as long as I did was smoking is such a habitual thing i think it's like anybody who's an addict to something that's so highly addictive is the habit of everything is lighting a cigarette watching the smoke like, that's part of it so right for vaping that after i was at zero that's what it gave me was that fulfillment of oh i still feel like i'm doing something with my hands i feel like i'm i can see what i'm you know doing and i just kind of was done and I, and I, I kind of got a kick out of it too, because you were like so unapologetic about it too. You just like fucking wherever you were, you're like, "There's not even any nicotine in here. <laughs> I am doing nothing," you know. <laughs> so did you uh, did you give it up because it's so dangerous? Yeah, um, because it kills people. Vaping is killing people now, as you've heard in the news. Yeah, uh, was it uh, uh, six? Potentially well, vaping related. I did some, deaths I did some research about this. Yes. So, uh, like, um, gov.uk, um, that is the uh, public health organization in England, did this uh, this study, um, 2015, I think it was Royal College of Physicians study. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they came back saying, um, the essentially that <clears throat> um, vaping was 95 plus percent less harmful than taking nicotine any any other way including um chewing or whatever that there was the it was like 95 plus percent less which harmful and these guys this is a this is a this is just a fly by night organization 
So, (laughs) well, I mean, apparently in the UK, people's lungs and and their physiology is very different from ours and their doctors are probably not as accredited as us doctors. (laughs) So those studies are bullshit. Right. Um, here in the U S uh, Smoking kills half a million people a year. 13,000 people every day from smoking-related illness. It's uh, uh, The CDC estimates that 7 million deaths a year are directly due to smoking cigarettes. So that's probably secondhand smoke as well. Because they say... Oh, well, I don't know. It said, it said CDC estimates that 7 million deaths a year due to smoking so they could they, they could say that that could include secondhand smoke that's uh, it didn't i've never that. heard that figure before so that's but a very then crazy it figure. also said on this website it w- w- oh is that worldwide or is that uh that it's worldwide oh, okay yeah that there are 30 t- 30 times that number in deaths that are related to smoking including okay. you know including all you know like are a contributing factor to, so to smoking. That number makes sense worldwide. So the U.S. statistic that I've heard that gets thrown around quite a bit is 450,000 deaths every year directly related to smoking. So 13,000 a day. Yeah. yeah. And one, I read one like, four four four, like 480,000. That's why I just fired off half a million because when you're talking about those kind of numbers, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> right. Does it matter? So in um, comparison, there's this <clears throat> new danger to the health of, of people. <laughs> Um, uh, pretty five, much just children right now. 500 people have reported becoming sick due to vaping. That's, that's scary. And there have been eight deaths, oh eight deaths due to vaping potentially. potentially. Though in those deaths, at least five of them were vaping something other than than approved nicotine vapor products. Is that, is that correct? Is that what you heard too? Yeah. So, uh, yes. More children have died from, more children have died in ice custody than from vaping. Well, I had some interesting statistics about, you know who kills fewer people than vaping? Uh, everything? Sharks. <laughs> Sharks, actually. That's the only thing I could find that kills fewer people than vaping. Sharks attack about 16 people a year. And they only kill one person every other year. There's a, so sharks are completely fucking safe. But do you know what does kill more people than vaping? Like lightning? That kills 6,000 people a year worldwide. And also 259 people a year die while taking selfies. Oh. Uh, ocelots, by the way. They don't kill that many people. <laughs> yeah, but they're so cool when they do. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's uh, honestly like I'm. I'm so glad that you actually brought. Writ- I was gonna do this whole like prepared written shit and like find all my data and research and bring it on your show. And I was like, you know, I, let's just talk about it from the heart because I'm honestly I'm fucking furious. It is it, the most absolutely ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And but you know what makes <laughs> me happy? The fact that Gavin mentioned ocelots because, as you know, that's the name of my rugby team. <laughs> oh. That's why I did it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it seems like fucking ludicrous, really. I mean, what yeah. The okay, fuck so I just gotta like, you know, you do it. I, I've been I've been saying this like we, we live we live in the weirdest fucking time in history. This is like crazy cuckoo land that we're living in, where the media has so much power to literally just put flat out lies, flat right. out fucking lies into the public and the public actually just buys into it. No questions asked. 
you know, this, this goes so far beyond vaping. This is just the first step of the government can do whatever the fuck they want. Right. When they can come out and an industry that's been around for probably a solid 10 years. So the vaping industry, even though in its infancy, it was still small, probably 10 years, the vaping industry has been around. I've made a fucking billion really good friends in this industry. People that are in the same mindset of me and my business partners. We all are really in this because we truly want to help people. We want to help people get healthier. We want to help people feel better. We want to see people stop dying from smoking Uh, to, to back up to my smoking days. In that last year that I smoked, I mean, there were there were several mornings I woke up coughing up blood. And there were several nights I woke up in the middle of my sleep and couldn't breathe. My lungs felt like I was being sat on by a fucking elephant. And I had... But vaping I, doesn't have a huge uh, lobby. You know, people aren't throwing right. money at these politicians. Well, you so know. here's a really weird statistic on that. So Mark Bloomberg, right? he gave $160 million to tobacco-free kids to fight vaping. Who gives $160 million right. to anybody? Right. It's the most counterproductive and counterintuitive thing I have ever heard. Like, people should, people who hate smoking should be going apeshit for vaping. They should be like, fucking, finally, something that is not as bad for you as smoking. Now, we can't claim, and I never would, that vaping has no consequences for you health-wise. But comparatively... Even if we can just agree that, like, emphysema is bad... Right. You know... Can we agree with we that? Should, yeah. I mean... Plus, one would, you know, um, what was the statistic? Over a thousand deaths a year in America are caused by people falling asleep while smoking. Yeah. I, They're not... Burning their fucking houses. Burning their fucking houses down. And the property damage that, that that's uh, attached to that, I didn't write the number down, but was you know millions and millions and millions of dollars. <clears throat> yeah, it's an it's it's a it, they're attacking. It's so I work with youth. Um, I work with youth in my in my day job, and um, we're like always trying to talk about like harm reduction. And people don't even necessarily understand what harm reduction is. But for example, let's say that um, let's say that somebody is um, into into meth, and you're like, and that's not good. <laughs> and just by the way, thanks, thanks for clarifying. We just lost a bunch of viewers in Pine River. <laughs> and but they're so you're trying to help them get off meth, but. They also smoke weed and you're like, like to go to them and be like, you need to like, you need to quit doing drugs is a, is, is just a not viable way to approach it. But yeah, attack the bad thing first and you worry about the little shit later. Pick your fucking battles. You can go from smoking (laughs) three packs of cigarettes a day to even smoking one pack of cigarette a day and vaping. And then eventually not smoking just vaping and then god in your case eventually go to nothing that is a fucking um, almost a miracle it's almost a miracle just quitting to smoking god, it, it to me it is is so hard it's so hard yeah i mean when i smoked for many years my parents would like buy every smoking cessation thing and give it to me because they wanted to see me get off cigarettes gums patches Nicotrol inhalers, when, the, when those were a thing, lozenges, I did hypnosis like three times. 
I guess I never tried acupuncture, but a million things. And every, every single year I tried to quit smoking. It wasn't like a year went by. I'm like, I'm not going to try to quit smoking at all this year. Every year I try to quit smoking one way or another. Right. And I think the longest I had ever made it without a cigarette was maybe two and a half weeks out of 27 years, two and a half weeks. So, and it, and when you're quitting, it's fucking miserable. Nobody wants to be around you. Sorry, microphone, right? Nobody wants to be around you. You don't want to be around yourself. Right. It's you're, you're, I'm a dick when I don't smoke or back then I was, and it's just, it's shitty. And yeah. And and I, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want people, I don't want it to be a lack of nicotine that makes me a dick. I want it just to be me being a dick. Yeah. You know, amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. One of the other things that comes up and or has come up in this debate, and I find it to be just stupid, is this people think or okay, so the everybody's fucking going after flavors, right? Yeah, that's that's the big ban right now is banning flavors. Flavors of no, everything's a flavor, by the way. In right, e-liquid? including the nicotine. It's tobacco. like the tobacco flavor is, is a fucking flavor, flavor. because right. we use food grade flavorings from flavor houses. They are right. flavors, all of them. So, and it's like, well, you got you got to you can't you got to ban the flavor. I'm wearing edible underwear right now. They're a flavor because they think <laughs> that it's going like that. That's targeting children because you're you have tutti frutti. I told that joke at the wrong time. (laughs) (laughs) Timing is everything in comedy, right? (laughs) And that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, I mean, well, here's the thing. Adults don't like flavors. Adults should fucking eat dirt and be (laughs) fine with that. I literally had somebody I was arguing with saying, well, why do adults need flavors? Just quit. It's like if adults could just quit, they would quit because nobody that really smokes. I mean, maybe to a degree they enjoy it, but deep down, nobody that smokes wants to smoke. Social, like social smokers, those fuckers, those fucking people that are capable of like only smoking at the bar when they drink and then they can just and they can hang it up and it's fine. Like, sure. Yeah, I know. I like you were like that for years. Uh, And then and you just I was only a real smoker for a couple of years. Well, and then you're lucky that you can do that. Yeah, well, super I've, lucky, and I've the always only been thing so I've jealous ever of people had do any that. like you know because I mean I've tried on some substances over the years. I want to talk and, about DMT um, with you later. <laughs> no, what were you talking about? Yeah, I sure. want to take DMT with you guys right now. <laughs> um, but uh, I, uh, I, I've just been super lucky like that. But there is the one thing, sugar. Mm, that's, that my fucking sweet tooth has a hold that, on me. Can that is the number one worst thing in our country. Man, well, I've never taken any, I've never used anything that was as addictive as fucking sugar, and that's what's got me. Well, have me for life. I'm not 100% sure on this, but I do remember um, listening to some podcast where they were talking about addictive substances, and like and like sugar is, is more addictive it's than- It's probably Joe Rogan. Yeah, no, I think well, it, I think it was like a, it's way more addictive than cocaine. Was, but yeah, it's way more addictive. Cocaine doesn't even up there, um, but it's like it's like uh, uh, thank God. It's like it's like sugar, nicotine, and and like opioids are like the caffeine. Top three. Caffeine. Is oh, right. caffeine. Super That's high. right with nicotine. Yeah, the thing about caffeine though, like, is that like, yes, caffeine is addictive, but it's also not ex- incredibly harmful to you, right? I mean, I'm not saying it's great. 
right? But even coffee, just regular straight coffee, doesn't have a ton of of, of calories. It's it, it you know it, it's keto. It like is, um you know it 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 improves your uh, your uh, um you know like reaction time, so on and so forth. It's not horrible. Right? Nic- nicotine reacts in your body almost virtually the same way as caffeine does. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> same page. The thing is, is that nicotine, nicotine itself, is very closely related in its in its um, in the way your body processes it as caffeine. It's not the nicotine that's the devil. It's the fucking delivery system. And when you roll up a piece of paper with a bunch of weeds inside of it, and you and you and you inhale Ger- that kerosene soaked paper, and you inhale that. Um, carcin, carcin, carcinogen, and uh, you know that all that tar and shipment. That's not good for you. And like weed is very much the same way. Like one of my one of I we've talked a lot about on the show about how like I I don't like I don't I don't smoke much marijuana in my life because, partially because it makes me drool. Um, <laughs> most, I, I actually think in the first episode I heard your drooling stories <laughs> so bad. It makes me smoke cigarettes. Because man, I cannot get, I cannot smoke weed without smoking cigarettes. Really? Well, doesn't the nicot- like the cigarette make you just get that much higher? Like just kick everything in? Man, not, you know, not not so much that for for me. Um, but for me, it's just like my like my control. If I smoke weed, like my cravings, like like for sugar, and uh, and you know, and for tobacco and stuff, you know, like my cravings are just fucking like mm, I need that shit. Uh, so now I'm like, man, I don't want to smoke cigarettes, so I'm just not going to smoke weed. Not that I fucking super love smoking weed anyway. You know, I'm a grown-up. I do cocaine. But uh, <laughs> I uh, fucking, I just cannot, you know, like, my impulse control is shit um, when I'm, you know, when I'm high. So I'm like, well, just pass, man. I, cause I, yeah, because I don't want to smoke cigarettes and shit. I just, I'm, We're you know. sponsored by D.A.R.E. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I mean, just bringing all this stuff up. Um, uh, almost three weeks ago, I quit drinking. So now I'm literally like the boringest person on the face of the planet. I don't do drugs. I don't Jesus. smoke cigarettes. I quit drinking. This is green tea in my cup. I don't drink <laughs> coffee. I don't drink soda. Like I'm literally the boringest person. See, I had, I gave up soda. Oh, no, not completely. I cut way back on soda. I cut way, way back on drinking. No, I basically only drink with him. <laughs> um, but no, like I'll drink like, I try to drink, I try to drink. Um, I'll drink like, once a month if you know whereas like you know i'm working in a bar and shit like that you know like i mean it's i'm around that shit every every day every damn day although for me that's not hasn't really been like a trigger you know because mostly for my job like i see people drinking and i'm like you know i, like, I don't want to be like that right <laughs> like well by the time i come into contact with them i'm working in like, the industry makes it keeps you sober because you're like yeah. you're working i mean it, yeah. yeah it's a different thing um I was actually going to say that I, I originally started smoking cigarettes when I was 14, I think. And it was because me and my buddy smoked weed with my buddy's brother. And I coughed so bad that, like, I was crying and it was bad. And he did, too. We were, you know, like, you know, just totally. And after well, when we were kids, weed was shitty, too. I was, <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was horrible. But I was so, in the woods. We were so embarrassed. And I, I don't even remember having any sensation at all, so it probably was ditchweed. But afterward, we were so embarrassed. I was like, his name is Jake. I was like, Jake, 
we are never going to embarrass ourselves like that again. We have to start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it was serious. Like we were like we were so we would like try we'd smoke cigarettes like they were weed. Like we'd take a puff of a cigarette and like hold it in. You know, kind of shit. You were working on your lungs. I, we, I was. You were in training exactly. I was training my lungs. I've always been about training. That's yeah. good. It's great. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Um. Yeah, so what else do you want to say about that just, issue? You know, it's it, really, it, it's just, it's been all over the place, but it's so infuriating. There's there's so much I want to say about it. I, you know, one thing I want to say is the narrative right now is it's about the children. Oh, my God, the children, the children. And I feel like, I don't know if people just forgot what it was like to be a kid, but there was no law that was ever going to stop me from doing anything that I wanted to do as a kid. There's always a way to find how to get what you want. For sure. And, you know, I have kids now that are teenagers and, and younger, um, I have a little baby girl that's one now. Yeah. So that's awesome. Saw, my first girl. Um, but, uh, you know, I know that my, my, I mean, my kid skateboards. So he's at the skate park three to four days a week and he's been offered Adderall. He's been offered weed and he talks to me about it because we have a very open and honest communication. And I, I'll just beg him. I just like, look, dude, you're going to do what you're going to do. I can't stop you. I'm not there all the time. But I said, the one thing I would just beg of you is just please wait till you're 18. Just you don't need to do it while you're young. Right. Your brain's developing right now. Do what you got to do, but I would love to see you wait until you're older um, and make better decisions. And more informed decisions. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also my kids, you know, not to put his whole world out there, but he's got severe anxiety. So yeah. doing anything that makes yeah. you out of control is not going to be Add good for chemical that. chemical to that might yeah. not be the best. Um, so it's one of those things where people have forgotten that my kid, if he wants to find a jewel, his friend who has a brother that works at the gas station is going to get it for him. And it's someone's going to get them for him. Someone's going to get them alcohol. Someone's right. going to get them weed or, I mean, fucking what's, what's the fuck heroin. Do, what the fuck do they think they're protecting them from anyway? You know, like, yeah. there's a lot of shit you can protect your kids from. If you want to protect them from some shit, protect them from some dangerous yeah. shit. Put them in martial arts. Teach them how to fight. Protect them from fucking bullies. Right. Right. And not just that, you know, like, just be confident. You know, like, put your kid in jiu-jitsu. You know, like, even if nobody, if nobody ever bullies your kid... Uh, you know, they're still going to walk away from it with, uh, like, I mean, that shit, like, just the, 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 the personal growth, uh, the confidence. Well, and um, the humility. The, they're going to learn that they're not the best. One, probably yeah, the most actually, useful thing for kids nowadays. Great. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So, um, so speaking of that, my oldest son, uh, who's 25 now, Logan. He's 25. Yeah, dude. Oh God. Yeah, I'm a grandfather. Man. I'm a grandfather now, too. Yeah. Holy shit. Crazy. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 45. You're, yeah, so you're just yeah. you're younger than yeah. me, but than us. Um, so, uh, but when Logan, so my son Logan, who's an awesome kid, um, he started doing you know jits when he was real young. Work, you know, he was kind of a little bit of a superstar when he was like in that you know you know 14, 15, 16 range, and then um, he kind of faded out a little bit. And uh, during that time period, he like you know did all the same stupid shit that all oh, every kid does and started getting into you know like whatever but the big thing is that he was smoking and it drove me fucking crazy and it this was even before you were in the vape industry okay. like so this was when like the only thing that was available were those like you know like, like the blue cigs like the, the look yeah the little yeah. cigarette looking ones and i like sat down with him and talked to him one day and i said look man i like i really i really think that you should you know, try not to smoke. And I don't know. I know that's really very difficult to do. I said, but I'll support you in whatever, you know, route we could take. And what would you think about doing, yeah, doing like these, these like electronic cigarette things. And I'm like, 
like if you sign on to that I won't give a shit about it you can do it in the house you can do it in your bedroom you can do whatever I just don't do it around Peyton he's young but like whatever and he was like yeah cool and I got him some and I even like I like wrote him a note because so he had him in school which I can't do now but you know yeah. <laughs> but I was like I, 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 I wrote a I wrote a note that said my, um, my son Logan Taylor is struggling with tobacco use and I have I his parent have decided to allow him to use this electronic substitute um, and if you have if you have any questions please call me here's my number da, 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 da. and he'd carry the fucking note around with him and like he was you know like was whatever so he struggled he still struggled back and forth and then he um, about I would say he was maybe 22 yeah, a couple of years ago, he like got completely off cigarettes and just vaped. That's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. That's it was awesome. Cigarettes. It was awesome. And he quit vaping just over a year ago and has been completely nicotine free since then. And it's like, I'm so fucking like proud of him. I'm a little pissed too because I can't seem to break the fucking habit. But yes, you can. I'm sure that I can. I, it, honestly, I, I'm sure that I can. Um, but it, the point is, is that like, you know, it, that is a real thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, ten, 10 years, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, let's do that. The opportunity wasn't there. Right. And smoke, right, smoking right. cigarettes is at the lowest point it's been in history. Right. In the history that they've been recording statistics on smoking. Right. It's insane. So, they, you know, they bring this up. Oh, vaping's at an all-time high, and all these kids are vaping. Five million kids vape in the U.S. and whatever. Well, the CDC considers vaping if you've used it once in the last 30 days. You right. are now a vapor. Right. That doesn't mean that kid that said, yeah, I've, I've, done, I've vaped in the last 30 days. doesn't mean he tried it once and was like, nah, that's going to eat. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Not every kid that tries a cigarette smokes. Right. 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 Even if they, I, mean, I, I can't even, I can't say that, but like, I can't, fuck it. Even if they do vape, who fucking cares? That's They're not nice. smoking fucking cigarettes. You know, like, so, like I said, like protect them, from, you know, if you want to protect them, protect them from some shit that's actually dangerous, man. Yeah. You know, like, fuck. Right. If in 50 years we find out that vaping is killing us somehow, I mean. Well, it's killing eight of us. Like more, <laughs> yes. more than sharks. More than the sharks. The same exact amount as ocelots. Yes, yes. Same yeah. same exact amount as sharks. Ocelots are very predatory animal. <laughs> that's uh, why they have to come and introduce themselves to you if they, one of them moves into your neighborhood. That's right. That's law. <laughs> You're learning shit. We're about educating yes. you yeah. guys. No, so worldwide, though, I think there's about 15 million, I think is the number, vapors. Okay. No, maybe that is, uh, don't quote me on the statistic. I think there's about 15 million. Um, I totally forgot where I was going with this, but... Uh, well, the government is now going to start calling them vapists. Yeah. Vapists. Oh. I like that. Yeah, it, was, it sounds uh, more menacing. I, I put it on my Facebook. There was a doctor that was talking about if 10% of the smoking population quit smoking for the next 10 years, so in 10 years, the whole world is tobacco-free tobacco and just vaping, it would add like 87 million years of life. Hmm. Yeah, that's not going to work. We have too many people. No, I was thinking that too. Where's Thanos when you need him? Yeah, okay. Well, then they're doing the right thing. Keeping everybody on cigarettes. Well, there is, <laughs> there is that as well, right? The idea that there are powers that be that actually don't want Absolutely. people to stop smoking. Well, okay, yeah. So can I touch on that for a minute? Fuck yeah. All right, so 
this is my own little mental math thing that I put together and, and kind of how I view this. But big tobacco is not the only problem. Big pharma is the other part of the problem. Big tobacco and big pharma, I believe, just work directly together with all of their resources to get rid of vaping. And then the government uh, loves tax dollars and they love their money. So that's the other reason. So one of the statistics that I've read is that big pharma makes about $300 billion a year on smoking-related illnesses. I didn't think about that aspect of it. So if everybody's smoking, Big Pharma stays in business on that end of it. And then with the master settlement agreement, the the government collects a certain amount of money for every pack of cigarettes sold. On top of that, the federal tax is just a touch over a dollar a pack on cigarettes. Um, so taxes, the sin tax, the sin tax. So taxes wise, I believe they pull in like 294 billion in excise tax or something on cigarettes. And then they get the master settle- settlement agreement money when all the states were suing the tobacco companies. Right. So they get money from that every year. Well, all these states that won money in the master settlement agreement, they all sold their bond or they all sold their settlements as bonds. So they have to pay back on those bonds and they're not making the money they used to make. So they've got to figure out how to get the money to pay back the bond companies but they're not getting enough revenue from smoking anymore. So, so there is definitely a financial motivation for some government entities to some get, <laughs> yes, to keep people smoking. Yeah. I mean, Altria's stock went like started climbing immediately after Trump announced that he was going to ban flavors. And I know you guys like to talk a little bit of politics. I'm a little right-leaning conservative. I know you guys are a little left-leaning liberal, but I think we can fall to the middle and, and see some commonality. Oh, yeah. But this was the one well, thing. Well, this is, Especially when it comes to following the money. Yeah. And that's just stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. It's insane. Oh, the, the figure is 15 million vapors in the U.S. That was something that's starting to be talked about is Trump's announcement could actually lose him the next election because... The people that vape that don't want to go back to smoking will vote on a single issue. They Absolutely. That, I mean, I definitely would vote uh, on that single issue for sure. 100%. So, you know, moving on to like, what can anybody do to help this? Right. If you, I mean, my little plea to the, to the world out there in, in YouTube land is if you know somebody that quit smoking through vaping or if you're a vapor yourself or, or, you know, you even just believe in it as a harm reduction tool, please just, be vocal, talk to your politicians, you know, do what you can to help save it because they are winning right now. The governments are winning. New York is already banned it. Um, The stores have two weeks to get rid of all of their flavored liquids. Otherwise they have to destroy it. Uh, Michigan, same thing. Damn, that seems asinine. I need to do a lot more research because I mean, like every time some shit like this happens, it's just a big slap in the fucking face. Like I, and I, cause I'm like, you know, like, 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 you know, like a lot of shit, you know, like I always reference Forrest Whitaker eye, you know, when you hear something that's so fucking stupid, it makes you go like, you know, like, what the fuck? I'm just baffled by this shit. If it, if I understand, you know, because if I, if my understanding is correct, I mean, like, and I don't want even, I don't even want my understanding to be correct because that fucks me up, man. Like, like you can really just like, it's about the children we're going to protect you all. No, you know, like, yeah. What happened to freedom of choice for an adult, man? You know, and like, and I take that shit like to a kind of a, to a whole nother level, you know, like when we talk about like, should pot be legal? Yeah. I'm pretty much like, I feel like a lot of shit should be legal. 
um, you know, like hallucinogens, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, no shit. fucking like we live in this, <laughs> I mean, but you know, we live in a society where everything is illegal and we black people up for fucking everything. And we're the most, you know, and you know, when it comes to like a percentage of the population that we like incarcerated and shit, nobody locks more people up than we do. Think of the most prisons fucking, make a lot of money. Oh yeah. Right. That fucking, that in the, the, like, I actually just kind of like found, I, I, you hear it all the time, the prison industrial complex. Yeah. And I just like the other day, like found out what that was. <laughs> you know, think about, you know, when you think about like, envision the most oppressive, regime that you can think of you know like people are gonna people's minds go right to fucking like you know north korea and china and shit like that and and places where they think that like these people don't have any fucking freedoms man they don't and then think about like we lack up more people than they do like really we lack up a bigger percentage of our population and shit like we incarcerate more fucking people really that's crazy they just kill them <laughs> yeah, they literally just point blank shoot them on the spot. Well, then they're really, really free. That's <laughs> it's more cost effective. But yeah, I mean, our, our prison system's a fucking disaster. It's there's so many things in this country that are wrong. I mean, I would never want to live anywhere else. Don't get me wrong. I love America for sure. It's a great country. We can actually have this show and talk about this right. kind of the stuff. The thing that bothers you're right. I agree with you 100. I'm still bugged by this <laughs> that they can like. Take something that is legal, like it is legal to use nicotine. Yeah. I can go buy Nicorette gum and chew you that shit You can go buy a pack of cigarettes and be just fine. Right. Or I can go buy a pack of cigarettes. But I can go buy, like, I can chew Nicorette gum anywhere I want. Like, like it's, so I'm using nicotine. And I can, you can OD on that um, pretty easily. It's like, you know, whatever. And so that's completely legal. It's, nicotine is legal. Um, even smoking is legal. Can't do it in some spots, but you can, it's totally legal, but you're going to outlaw like one delivery device because it's got flavors and it's, that's killing children. Appealing to children. Stop protecting us from ourselves. Why? (laughs) What if they just pass a law that said that you got to call them gross stuff? So okay, here's here's a really interesting thing, and I'm not going to name any names of this, but I have a friend. So, our state here, we do have a lobbyist. We have a lobbyist that we, as an organization of many many vape retailers and manufacturers in Minnesota, we all kick in money, and we've had a lobbyist for five, four or five years. Um, super great guy, uh, but he even told me that someone that he kind of argues with over at the Capitol, they passed a law many years ago. Now the law, in essence, it's a good law when it was passed. So. Um, I don't know when it was passed, but it was basically kids could get in trouble for having cigarettes. Like a police could come up to you and write you a ticket yeah, and sure. take your cigarettes and do that. Right. So this person who, I mean, jerk cops, but right. yeah, no, I, <laughs> but so, you know, I, I live down in the city and the person that wrote this bill wrote it because inner city children, people of color were getting hassled all the time for smoking cigarettes because the cops would come and shake them down and look for drugs. They weren't really, they didn't care about the smoking, but they were looking right, for drugs. But they would see them with cigarettes and then they, then they had their, an excuse to shake them down. That was their end, right? Gotcha. So they got a law passed that decriminalized smoking for kids. Okay. So there's no penalty to smoking. You just can't do it. Now, in theory, this was before vaping, obviously. It's a good thing because, you know, nobody wants to be profiled for anything. Right. But now, who's vaping jewels? It's suburban kids that have a ton of money that, are 
the popular kids in school. So it's not the inner city going in and, and doing this, but you can't, it's still not criminalized. What so, are jewels? Jewel is a little, uh, closed system. So the pods are pre-filled with nicotine, actually nicotine salts, which is a, a variation of nicotine. Um, and they're extraordinarily high strength. They're 30 to 50 milligrams in it. 0.8 milliliter cartridge. Okay, I got what you're saying. That's what you're talking about, Jules. So then, but also, like, these eight people, or six of the eight people that died, they were also using a uh, THC-based product, correct? That's as far as we know. So, so uh, I mean, I truly believe that every single one of them was using uh, THC cartridges, and the commonality that they're finding in all of them is they were, they were diluted well, it's actually a thickening agent, but they were cut with vitamin E acetate. So right. vitamin E acetate, when it hits your lungs, turns into lipoids, and basically you get lipid pneumonia and you die. I mean, that's right. Just, now, if you vape they're coconut, not legal. They're not legal. They're black market street cartridges. They didn't probably come out of a dispensary. So what? So these poor eight people that died, it's so fucking few people, but okay, they... They were breaking the law. You wouldn't anyway. say that if it was one of your family members, man. I bitch slap yeah, my family you know, members. Here's, <laughs> a, here's the funny thing: like one of the one of the cases was in Milwaukee, and it was like four kids <clears throat> that were hospitalized. What are four kids from the same area going to the hospital for at the same time? Right. They're all fucking passing around a THC pen. Right. They're passing it around and getting high, and they all get With sick. Some bad shit in there. Yeah. Right. So here's the other scary thing about well, any market, I guess, but. The THC cartridges that they were that they were making and being sold were using legitimate packaging from dispensaries. So like the Dank Cardos, the Mario Carts, the Brass Knuckle cartridges, all these different cartridges. You can go to legal dispensaries in legal states, and these are real products made by real manufacturers and good manufacturing conditions with the right products. And it's I can order packaging for any company in the United States from China. Interesting. And I can put my exact same cartridge in there and sell it as whatever I want on the black market. And, and I can be like, yeah, I got this from Colorado. Great. Nobody but, knows. So I wanted to, to say that though. So like, so these, these eight people that got sick, six of them anyway, like they were actually not even using e-juice. They were actually, they probably got sick from, from doing this, this, uh, this THC based product. And they were probably dual using cause a lot of them said that they were vaping. Sure. liquids and then some admitted to THC. Some didn't because they're kids. Right. Yeah. They don't want to get in right. trouble. Right. But if that was the case, that, you know, whatever. But that said, vaping THC products is still much safer than vape than, than Any smoking. Any way you slice Marijuana. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously not if it has vitamin E in it. Right, but if if you if you go to Colorado and you get a um you know a, a vape pen from a reputed distributor and like it, and you're going to like you are going to use THC, that's a much better way to do it than it is to fucking ro- roll a joint. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're combusting, any okay. So look, even looking at just combustion, like people say that all oh, these things are so bad, and it's like, go sit by a campfire for a night. Right. Look at how your lungs feel in the morning. A ton of carcinogen. Terrible. And, and even, I mean. I love like, it, though. <laughs> you do well, like that? Come over to my house when campfires. I'm cooking dinner. I do, too. But, right, yeah. Um, I, I like sitting by campfire, too, but I don't like that feeling that right. you get the next day. Or but I, the, when I, the one I always see is whenever I go up to a casino where it's smoking casino and for a fight or whatever. 
and even the next day I'll be hung over. Even if I didn't drink or anything, I'll just be like, <laughs> I'll feel like I have a fucking hangover. That's the thing. If I do like go out drinking, like some of the time, like most of the time, if I do like decide to go out and time went on, um, like I'll, like, I'll pick up a pack of cigarettes too. And what do I feel like? Like, why do I feel like shit the next day? Well, it's, I don't, I, I think it's the smoking that, uh, you know, that does it to me way more than the fucking than oh, the drinking. Yeah. Does. It's really weird for me to like look back and think that. I tricked myself for 27 years to think like, this is just normal. I mean, I smoked for longer than I didn't smoke in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I mean, even back then I did jujitsu. Like I was still like, trying to do stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> I'd get out of class and go fucking smoke a cigarette immediately in my car. Yeah. It was just gross. It was so bad. Now I don't do shit. I'm fucking lazy and fat. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I, I, I remember I had, uh, I was going to fucking write a note about this. So I'm glad I remembered. I, uh, there was something, uh, not to change the subject, actually, it's still kind of on topic, um, but I was reading an uh, article in the city pages the other night, mm. oh, yeah. and they were talking about the, uh, you know, the shithead kids, like just wolfpacking people and stuff. Uh, we talked a little bit about that in the last episode, um, but uh, <laughs> I'm just reading this fucking article, and I watched this video. And then I'm reading about the video, and they're like, this video was submitted from local business owner Gavin Rydell. And then there was a, what the fuck? There was a great quote. It was uh, something to the effect like, well, you know, we've got this going on. We've got this shit going on, you know, like, and, and uh, uh, thank you for protecting us from ourselves with the, uh, you know, with, by banning fucking uh, Eastern, or the, whatever. I have, no, I'm Build, Building the bike lanes. And, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. was fucking yeah. wonderful. And I was like, and then I'm like, yeah, but right now I'm like, my dude, <laughs> like, it was fucking a great quote. And I was, I was like, damn, that's fucking ridiculous. Well, it really is just trying to protect you, protect us from ourselves, you know, from, you know, and I'm going to link that video. Uh, I'll post a link to that video and shit. Yeah. Um, I got That I was from your store. No. So oh. this is like a weird thing, but that was actually a friend of mine that works and currently still works downtown. Um, I can't tell you where the video came from because sure. I, I don't know. Uh, but I, he showed it to me, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, where, where is this from? He's like, I don't know, but I'll send it to you. Mm-hmm. He, so he sent me the video, and I'm like, dude, I, I, can I post this? He's like, yeah. So I ended up posting it on my Facebook with my big, long rant about Minneapolis. So just, uh, you know, I worked downtown for years, years and years, 18 years I worked in the tw- in the Twin Cities. Well, maybe not 18, maybe 16 years I worked in the cities, but – um, there was a time downtown Minneapolis. It was great. Like it was such a fun place to hang out. It was safe. And somewhere in the last 10 years, downtown has become an utter shithole. Really? It is literally probably one of the least safe places in the United States for a major metropolitan area. I would be more comfortable walking in the middle of fucking Chicago than I am in downtown Minneapolis now. Huh? Um, the, the thing that's going on is our city. So our city council and our mayor, I mean, they literally don't even want police there anymore. They don't want mm. police presence. They don't want police to do their job. The police asked for, I'm pretty sure this is correct and accurate what I'm saying, they asked for 300 new officers to help with what's going on downtown, and the city offered them 30 over five years. Oh, yeah, it's kind of the same so thing, though. <laughs> within the last two years, 60,000 new people have moved into downtown. Yeah, was, uh, 60,000. Yeah. That's, I mean, what happened? What would happen if 60,000 people moved into Brainerd? Right. Tomorrow? I mean, that's four times the population of Brainerd. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't and, know if that math is correct, but I'm not going to do it. So you get 30 cops for right. 60,000 people. Now, 
we're also there, there okay there's just the amount of stuff that you've seen in the media lately with the beatings yeah that's been going on for fucking years yeah um our store last summer our uptown store which uptown is like the yuppie hippie hipster i'm not hippie yuppie hipster area of yep. like the twin cities where it's really cool to hang out and stuff yep. our store was getting hit three times a week by groups of kids coming in and rants rushing the store Why? threatening our staff and then trying to grab stuff out of the cases it was happening you're all, kidding me no it's happening three times a week it's happening all over uptown and the cops couldn't put their hands on them they couldn't do anything with these with these kids they were all under underage and i went around to all the local businesses and i'm like is this going is this going on with your stores too and I found out it was happening all over. Like two weeks prior, three weeks prior from my, my walk around Uptown, I was in the Uptown Target and I talked to their security director down there. There was a group of kids in there, one with a machete, open, threatening customers, cutting the security tags off of electronics, and the kids walking behind them and just taking them. And they walked through the store, took everything they wanted, and walked right out. Jesus Christ. A fucking machete. And did, do you see anything but on the news about that? No, I didn't even know. Oh, man. So the, now going back there, to the shootings downtown, that video that you saw, yeah. there's shootings every weekend, every single weekend in the heart of downtown. It's, I mean, Crave Rooftop had a shooting. Two people got shot on the rooftop of Crave, a high-end restaurant. Huh. Pizza Luce downtown every weekend, people getting fired on. God, that's crazy. And I always like, I always kind of had the impression that the Twin Cities was a, you know, safe. I mean, I always knew there were areas, but yeah. not the, the bar district. The, the the that video that you saw on the city pages that yeah. was in front of Fogo Chow at like nine thirty at night. What the, and the fuck? That's like the theater district of downtown. <laughs> right. Like these are all places that I've been to. Yeah, like, that, you that, know, girl, that girl. I wouldn't think twice one, like, about right, going to. Right by her head. Was uh, fucked up. So, so yeah, the muggings that was going on with the phone. So man. when are you moving up here in the country? I was just going to say, I'm like, trying, if you want to go out and have a good time with your friends. Come on up to the Brandon Lakes area. Yeah. We'll take care of it. When, when the time is right, I'm going to try to buy some land up in this area so I can be closer to my friends up here. Um, and then when all my kids are grown, I can come move up here. But it's going to be a little while. My kids are in school. You know, they'll probably find you anyway, though. I mean, you know, with social media uh, and stuff like that. Well, they might. <laughs> Your kids? <laughs> You're yeah. going to have to go off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, uh, yeah, so anyway, downtown is a fucking shithole. The, yeah, the city crazy. council is garbage. The mayor is garbage. And um, there's a group of restaurateurs that are, uh, I don't own a restaurant in downtown, but I have a lot of you know people that I know and friends that do. Uh, Jay Edinger is one guy who's like very prominent downtown, and he started an organization that's basically just going to start reporting on crime, calling out <laughs> the city until something's done because it's just – the the false sense of security that everybody has down there is crazy because huh. the, the media won't cover it. It's bad for our city. Yeah, and we don't want people weird. to stop coming here for football games and baseball games and coming to have dinner and going to theater. It's like it's just I I fucking well you go. know it really you're it the whatever the media blackout or whatever has worked obviously because other than that article the other day that we talked about I've I've. And I live in Minnesota, and I'm not hearing shit about it. You know? No, and I, you know, when I go down, you know, I go down there for shows and stuff like that. You know, like I, I don't, and I, I, I don't hear this shit. You know, yeah. We, so, I mean, we went down into the Surly Brewing Company down there, and like, you know, we walked and walked back, and like, it never, even, I never even like thought about it, and it, but it's like, you, you guys aren't targets, though. You know what I mean? Like, you guys probably walk with your heads up. You probably look around when you're where you're going. Did well, you I see probably, the, the? I did on my way down, but on the way back, I was pretty stumbling. So we, we you know. talked about your uh, okay. 
Um, we talked about that, that article and stuff um, when we were talking about um, these people that get attacked and shit. And, I, you know, because I was like, everybody was like, like, they should, face should, it, like everybody should be go, everybody should go armed. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Like, when are you going to draw your gun? Like, I mean, and, and they're not looking for capable people, you know, like, and I mentioned, I'm like, I'm like, you know, stay a little sober, be streetwise, keep your fucking head on a swivel. As, you know, as a like, person that carries a gun almost everywhere I go, I'm afraid to death that I'd ever have to use it. Well, well, I, I don't, don't ever want and my to thing, like, have to pull my gun out. My thing is Never, like, yeah. like, like for innocent or for for like bystanders and stuff, like because I'm all for fucking conceal and carry, absolutely. Um, but like, you know, like would would it have helped um, a lot of these people that you know have been victims of these attacks? I don't feel like well, very many of them would would have been helped by it because they approach you, you know, and like. You know, and maybe strike up, you know, try to like strike up conversation or something or distract you or whatever. They, they are so calculated and, in how they do this. Yeah. It's crazy. And like you've already got, you know, and then, and then so you can't even really draw your weapon until you've already been fucking attacked, you know. And then at that point, fuck, you know, like it's tough to, you know, to bring that weapon to bear and stuff. So, I mean, like, but like I'm the reason I'm, you know, but, but people that are like capable and trained and, you know, like and sober and all that shit. I'm like, well. You know, like uh, those are the people that should be carrying and stuff. Now these, you know, the 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 victims, um, you know, the victims like these are people that they are, and I, I. So we talked about that people that they're looking for, you know, are yeah. you know, okay. Not, any, anybody who's a criminal that is actually willing to rob somebody for a cell phone, pull their pants off of them and dig through their pockets, kick them in the face, jump on them and ride over them with a bicycle, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, and they know exactly who they're looking for. They're not going to look for the biggest guy in the room, right? I was going. You said, you know, like we're not, you know, targets or whatever. And I was like, no, Kyle's not a fucking target. But <laughs> even you, drunk, you're still aware, and I bet you're still aware enough to show some presence. I'm not saying that even if I was wasted. I mean, I can obviously jump to guard, super wasted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked my head open the other day on oh. Kyle, but I, uh, but even 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 while intoxicated, I'm still a capable um, human. But I don't necessarily look like I am. Um, but no matter how drunk Kyle is, um, he looks like a huge motherfucker. So um, we, yeah, need to take a, we, need to t- we need to take a break, boys. I, I, I've got to go pop. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and finish this up. We're back casting pearls before swine. Indeed, indeed. So mention my shirt when we come back on so I don't have to like draw attention to my own shirt. I'm cutting this part into I the podcast. I people to say that. God, I fucking hate you, Matt Taylor. He is the editor. Uh, Ready? Ready. Welcome back to Spitballing. I'm Matt Taylor here with my good buddy. Kyle Robinson. And, of course, again, we have Gavin, Gavin Rydell. Rydell. I'm going to be wow, part of the show. You. You're in. You're in. I'm going to come up here every week. So hey. uh, I've, I'm, I'm experiencing something. I'm, I'm really struggling with something right now. Um, and I, I saw it a little bit on the last episode, but now like, because of where we're situated, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm I'm looking, I'm looking at the monitor and I can see that the thing behind me, uh, it makes it look like I've got like a bun on top of my head. Like I've got some little, like a top knot going on or some shit like that. It's a, the little Uh, tiny helmet. (laughs) You should almost just make you wear the helmet. (laughs) Oh, his head is far, far too big. I've tried to get that thing on. Not happening. Yeah. I'd have to cut it apart. (laughs) This thing's like I wear like a triple X football helmet and shit. <laughs> the only guy that had a that fucking had a head as big as me was a like a three hundred and forty pound Samoan dude. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh shit! It's a big old grape. 
So. <laughs> um, let's talk about my shirt. No. Um, yeah, yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about I don't know if anybody can actually see it. I freaking uh, love it. It's uh, like you have died of dysentery, um, which I thought about. You know, I'm always trying to figure out what nerd shirt to wear. Um, and I was like, okay. I'm like, we're all old enough that we'll get the reference. Uh, it's from uh, the greatest. Okay. It's the, not greatest the greatest video game of all time. Yep. Did you almost say that? I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say the greatest I mean, video game of all time. It was like. It was like Quake and then Oregon Trail. Quake, Oregon Trail. I'm not sure which one. We're going to go to a LAN party and play like Oregon Trail tonight. It'll be fucking amazing. I would go to that LAN party because that game was fucking amazing. It's not the greatest video game of all time. But I'll tell you what, it was the only video game of its time. So it was great back then. <laughs> that was the greatest video game of the time. <laughs> it was that and like Lunar Landing, which was fucking impossible. That game was so hard. <laughs> Oh, fuck. All right, where were we? Um, well, well, I don't know where we were, but I did want to talk about something. Yeah, that, I guess where were we implies that we do things in kind of a linear fashion, right. which is not. Here, let, me, let me check the list of topics. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, wait, that's empty. Sorry. <laughs> so you have mentioned a couple of times um, your lovely bride, Kim. Yes. And, uh, we, uh, and I was just stalking your Facebook today, which I like to do beforehand. And, and, uh, and I saw all these awesome wedding pictures and I knew Kim uh, was part of the Hmong community. Yep. Um, and, uh, you look, it looks like you had like a kind of a traditional Hmong wedding. I did. Yes. Uh, it was honestly like for all my family and my friends that could make it out. It was, it was actually, it's kind of weird. Like we'd been planning to do this for a while, but we didn't really plan the wedding. So it was really kind of put together within like 45 days. Oh. So it was put together very quickly. Um, her, you know, traditionally, like if a daughter in the Hmong community isn't married, she's single period. So we've been together for nine years. Almost. We have two kids together and she's still considered single. And her parents, when they go to like her family's trying to set her up and shit. Seriously, no, <laughs> no, no way. No, no, they weren't. They, they, they like me actually. They like me now. Um, but, uh, no, they like people would ask about Kim and they couldn't say that she was married cause she wasn't. And that meant she was single. Huh? And no matter what. So it was. It was almost one of those things where Kim really wanted the, the traditional American wedding, and I apologize, Kim, that I didn't give that to you. I know that that's something you really wanted, but uh, I think that this was way more. Yeah, I've been married before. I've been married and divorced once in my twenties, and we had the big American wedding and all that. And this was so much more special and so much more amazing of an event than just going to church, getting married, and and, and having. A regular wedding. It, um, I mean, it looked super cool. You had like yeah. a killer outfit on. Yeah, the, the, yeah. So you know, her parents asked me like if I, if I wanted to to dress up in the traditional monk clothing, and I was like, well, yeah, I do, and I want you know. So we all went together, her mom and dad, and, and Kim and I, and, and they helped me pick out what to wear and helped get me sized. And then her dad gave me it's called a money belt, so it's like this belt you wear with a bunch of coins on it, and uh, the more coins you have, it, it's supposed to show like your wealth and status so they got me stuff with a bunch of coins on it which neither here nor there is my wealth but they wanted to show like present that i looked i looked really wealthy you were worth this shit right so her grandma came in from california and and she spoke at the wedding and her dad spoke and her mom spoke and my parents spoke and it was just like everybody just coming together in the celebration of of us being together and how thankful they were that we were together and just how happy they were. It's just super cool. Tons of food. And, um, there's traditionally a lot of drinking that was normally goes on. Um, they're Christian, not shaman. So 
it's a little different in the shaman. I would have had a drink till I died pretty much. Um, <laughs> I've been to a couple weddings with Kim's family and the groom, um, pretty much always gets carried out. No shit. Yeah. Like they'll throw up and just make, I mean, that's what drinking. happens at my weddings too, but you know, <laughs> this is for different. So this is, it's really crazy. Like there's a lot of rules that go into the, how you drink and what you talk about. And I don't understand all of it. So I don't want to claim that I do, but it's, insane the amount of drinking that takes place but that was not true not in our wedding so we i mean everybody drank but it was it was socially and it wasn't forced and it wasn't because somebody was trying to make somebody slip up and drink wrong because there's money involved in a shaman wedding so there's fines that take place if you drink the wrong way or if you do something you know that that's offensive i don't know um so we didn't have that portion because i'm i'm what i'm american Right, right. Well, I've always been and really interested in the Hmong culture, Um, and you know, of course, I'm an expert because I watched uh, Gran Torino. Oh, you Um, know all about it. That's the Hmong community's least favorite movie. I used to live. uh, Is that you're serious? It is. Kim has told me numerous times she hates that movie because it depicts Hmong people in a really bad light. That's not how they are. And it's not. I I, I felt like it. I felt like it depicted them in both lights. Like there was the so, but. Yeah, but they. But she doesn't like it. No, I, most. I think most Hmong people don't. Huh. Um, it's like most Minnesotans don't like Fargo. So right, I do. Sense. I think it's great. But, <laughs> and um, I don't like Roadhouse. I don't I'm just Road. kidding. I love oh my Road. God. Roadhouse. Was a great <laughs> Roadhouse. <laughs> Kyle, you are evicted from the game. <laughs> but uh, no, you guys. How long have you, you guys have been together for? A while. Nine years. Yeah, right? December will be yeah. nine years for us. Man, you guys always um, did seem to have a cool partnership, dude. She is like the. I don't even know how she puts up with me. That, I'm, I'm being I, I, dead honest. She's I, I, rad. I may or may not have said that once or twice. I think life, you've but, said it uh, more than once. I think most well, often when I see you and she's with me, you're like, God. I, how the fuck? Like, the Jesus fuck? Christ. She's, first of all, she's beautiful. Yeah, oh, put right? your coverage. Um, secondly, she's like, she's like an amazing worker. Like, I when you guys opened that vape shop, like, she was just. Yeah. Cool. She seemed to have a lot like, of hot friends, too. I always appreciated that about her. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and she's cool yeah, you know super down yeah. to earth and, yeah i mean even now like you know um, we're fortunate enough where she gets to stay home but quite honestly <laughs> i don't want to do what she has to do she deals with all three kids and oh, takes care of the house and right. like yeah we, we talk, talk a lot about, about how yeah. i get to that come is home, a job yeah. i get to come home and like she lets me chill she lets me relax she lets me just do what i got into and she still just baby in this arm this over here this kid over here yeah. well, it's like, like you were talking about earlier you know the like not being present thing she just i mean i'm sure she appreciates like yeah. you being able to you know you not being on your phone and working 24 yeah. like just around the damn clock you know it was yeah god dang the fight industry fucking sucked it out <laughs> <laughs> thanks for bringing that up again i'm not gonna yeah. go back <laughs> super happy super happy to yeah so it just it, uh, how how is it joining or not really joining but like like um, I don't, it would be really interesting to be a partner with somebody who is from a completely different culture. Yeah. I mean, so her family is very Americanized. Okay. Um, but they're not like right. they are and they're not. Uh, it's if I think if I was in any other Hmong family, I don't know if it would go as well. Her parents, her, I mean, her dad at first was a little, he was a lot skeptical of me. I'm not going to lie her. I'm, I mean, I'm 17 years older than her, so I'm much older than her. And well, let's not judge. Yeah. But uh, you know, whatever people love each other and they love each other. Um, but in their culture, like having a big age gap or having an older man is not uncommon. And right. it's actually not frowned upon, but I was a white guy that was much older 
coming into the family. So there was some skepticism and a little bit of like standoffishness at first, but at first, but, uh, as we got to, you know, as I was around the family more and they kind of brought me into it, I mean, they're really loving and accepting of me and, um, they've been awesome. I mean, she's got a bunch of siblings and it's just every event is like a huge gathering. There's never less than 20 people. Hmm. I mean, never less than that. And it's just fun. Everybody gets together and eats a bunch of food and, and drinks and hangs out. And, um, there's almost in the summertime, there's almost stuff going on every weekend. Hmm. So, but the, the, the culture, the Hmong culture from me as an outsider, I freaking love it. It's very traditional. Huh. It's very family oriented. Um, they're all about having as many kids as, as you can because they love their grandbabies. Oh, yeah. Um, even though we're we're done. No more. I'm, I'm <laughs> too old. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really cool. I don't, hmm. I mean. And you and Kim have three kids together? And then you're. So we have two kids. Two kids. We got and then Jackson and Leilani. Leilani's my little girl. Jackson, my middle son. And then Toby, Toby is, is from your, a previous yep. relationship. And, and Toby is becoming kind of a badass skateboarder. Dude, he is Crazy good. Man, was telling me about that. I need to see these videos. Yeah. Oh, he is. You guys should follow him on Instagram. He's so. I mean, we should figure out Instagram. Yeah, oh. we don't even have Instagram. <laughs> I have an Instagram. I started one I for, not. and I've been on it twice. It's it, really. I'm really. It's bad taken at me it. a long time to even learn how to navigate it because I'm. A little, <laughs> I yeah. I feel like it's like it's in learning anything is just it's, difficult. It's days. super okay. Here's a weird thing. So Snapchat and Instagram, right? Two social media. Snapchat. Platforms. I can't figure out at all. I just gave. I up. just use the little funny face apps with my kids. Oh, that, that part's kind of fun. Um, but, uh, Toby doesn't even trade phone numbers. They don't trade phone numbers anymore. They talk to each other via Snapchat or Instagram. I I don't call each other on Snapchat. Like nobody knows each other's numbers. I'm like, I'm like, Toby, it's not that weird though. I mean, it's kind of weird, but like Christine and Kyle only communicate through Facebook messenger and meta and I only communicate through Facebook messenger. I have her number, but I I don't ever I mean I don't use her phone number I okay. just message her. But I, I find it really weird. It, yeah, it's just, it's how it started, and then yeah. you know like like I we started messaging back and forth on on Facebook Messenger, and then it's like it's weird now because <laughs> there's a history of a conversation now that's just there. We can go all the way back to the beginning, and that, that's you guys and everybody else. And right, which is a weird. But it's just weird. But I, yeah, so to switch over to... to no, uh, it to, says right here. This is what you said. Fuck me. Yeah, that comes up every <laughs> once in a while. But every once in a while, I'm right. So, yeah. Um, but Toby looks like he is killing it on the skateboard. Yeah. So Toby, yeah, he's, um, you know, he started skateboarding last year. He's been skateboarding for like 14 months. So he's, he's excelling like yeah, that's way crazy. faster than most kids do. Um, but I think I attribute that a lot to martial arts. He started when he was... I think he was 10. We started him in Taekwondo down at Oi, Oi Lee's gym. Yep. Oi, Oi fought for us at one point yep. at CFX. Um, and he didn't, you know, he did it for a year or so and he just didn't really care for it. So he got out of it and then I let him take a little break. And then I put him in when he was 12. I put him over at the academy with Greg. Okay. And he started doing Muay Thai. So he's been doing Muay Thai ever since. Mm. And he is awesome. kicks like a fucking mule for a little <laughs> tiny kid. Yeah. He's a small 14 year old. He is not a big kid. Yeah. Kicks hard. He's got really good form. Um, I wish that he would go to our gym and do jujitsu. He just doesn't like it. He's well, tried it a few times and he doesn't like people touching his throat or being around yeah. his neck and maybe, and, and maybe someday it'll come and maybe yeah. not. I don't think that it's essential that, that 
you know, like I believe that jujitsu is probably the most, know, functional. the most functional martial art in the world. Sure. Um, yeah. That said, I don't really want somebody. I don't like people touching my neck either. I, I that's don't, why I hide it. <laughs> that's why <laughs> That's why you, you chose not to have one. That's actually never been a thing for me. Like, yeah, yeah. neck, sure. No, but grappling and stuff, you know, like it's just not natural for some people. Some, you know, like it's. But, but I mean, any martial art is, is, is good. Like anything's better than playing video games. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I do think you're right that any, any learning how to learn is like the important thing. Well, and also, you know, he gets very intent on doing things right. Right. And sometimes it's frustrating for me. So like, I'm going to give you like a little small example of Toby Hampton to be perfect at everything. Uh, I've been going to the skate park with him and I bought a bunch of camera equipment cause I'm crazy like that. And I've been filming him and, and, helping them put together video edits well he just started learning how to edit on his own and last night he got really mad because he erased a bunch of stuff and then he came up and he was complaining to me about how i was in one of the shots when i was filming i got myself from my foot in the shot and i'm like holy <laughs> fuck dude like i've spent all this money on video equipment i pay for all your skateboarding and you're gonna come at me like this <laughs> we're just trying to make you an edit for your instagram Don't come on me bro yeah i'm like oh so but that's you know from martial arts He's so really, you shot those videos that were on your facebook yeah oh uh, yeah most of them they're good yeah. i was actually i was actually wondering who was shooting them so not very nice i've been learning yeah, yeah. well so i use good. i don't know what you i mean i'm sure you use like uh i don't use shit anymore. final cut oh um no these days i use filmora okay um which is a free um i, I use davinci pro have you ever seen um, that yeah it's good i love yeah. that um i just uh it's free I don't, do, I don't do anything like this is the only thing I do video production wise is this now. Okay. Right. And, uh, cause you're so good at it. Oh, thank you. And you always yeah. are. So thank you. Yeah. And maybe people don't know, but that for years and years, that was, a that was, you know, a big part of what I did for a living was video production. Um, and then I donated a whole pile of time to CFX, <laughs> but I, uh, um, but I sure used to did. do, I used to do, uh, uh, a ton of video production stuff. And then, uh, between you and Dennis, like, yeah, Dennis, Dennis learned good. a bunch of stuff about it too. And then you guys were adding our special effects. Yeah. And that doing, that, that was awesome. That's what made us pro. We got to get Dennis up here one of these days. Yeah, too. I missed the shit yeah, out of that yeah. guy. Mr. Dash. Um, Hey, we're, we're Dennis, dropping, if you're watching this, we're dropping names yourself. that we don't, that, and not really defining, but, um, Dennis is awesome by the way. Yeah. Dennis Dash is a guy who used to do a lot of, uh, a lot of video production stuff. Um, and just for free, just would love to come to the fights or whatever, but he's also like a crazy gun toter and, and he's fun to talk to. Um, so yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, okay. Video production. Da, 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 da. Your kid's doing really good. Wow. That I had something that I wanted to like. Oh, we're talking about martial arts. So you mentioned your gym and yeah, that's something okay. we haven't me, even talked about Let me give a yet. shout out to Nate Howe, by the way, who yeah. is the, uh, he's my, so I'll just back up quickly. Yeah. A while back, Nate Howe, super good friend. Um, and now my business partner, uh, he was under a crazy non-compete contract from a competing gym and could not teach or do anything anywhere for several years. And when his non-compete ended, um, my son was, at a little Taekwondo gym and I called him up and I'm like, Hey, do you want to come and start teaching jujitsu and we'll start a little thing together. And he was out of his non-compete. He's like, yeah, sure. So we started or he, and he started, I don't know. He's going to yell at me because I don't go to jujitsu class and I should, but, uh, I never go cause I'm just too busy. That's my excuse. And I'm sticking with it. Mm. Um, sorry. I know I need to go. Everybody's mad at me now, but anyway, so he started, uh, teaching out of this little place and we were trying to put something together and, uh, 
the Taekwondo gym was closing down and moving locations. And I was like, fuck it, let's go open a real gym. So we did, and we opened uh, Twin Cities BJJ. Uh, Nate is our, he's the full-time instructor, black belt, runs the gym, does everything. And uh, if he wasn't there, obviously there'd be no gym because I wouldn't be doing it. Um, and then Brock signed on with Start. Yep. And we became a Start affiliate. Um, and things are like really coming together and going well. Nate's built a great student foundation, great base of students. Our kids' classes are amazing. We got just rock star kids for doing jujitsu. Um, and uh, it's in Coon Rapids. If anyone is down in the cities that wants to come try jujitsu, we'll give you a month for free. Shameless endorsement. And also, it's a start gym. So any of you start people, either from Brandon or St. Cloud, you know. Or Rochester, right? Or or Rochester, yep. Yep. Um, You know, we can always travel back and forth. I've been planning on it because Brox does his Wednesdays, you know, and he goes down there, you know, whatever it is, the first Wednesday or third Wednesday, I'm not sure. And I always am saying, yeah, I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down. But God damn it, it's like a whole day. It and is. It take you know because I got to get to Saint, fucking hall. Well, I got to get to well Coon Rapids, but I have to go to Saint Cloud, and then I got to like then I got to go, and then with him, it's going to take forever, and I just don't I haven't ended up doing it yet, but I feel bad about it. But Nate is an awesome jujitsu practitioner. If you come to class, I will get off my sorry ass and come roll with but you. You and you'll beat me up, but that's okay. Well, of course I'll beat you up, Gavin. I'm gonna be good, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is what is that <laughs> the point is that. You do need to, you have a good foundation. You, no. you know. And Nate is like such an amazing great coach. Instructor. He is fucking beast. Yeah. So, sorry. One day a week, man. You just got to make a commitment. One day a week, you're 45 years old. That's enough for your body to endure, but you need to do it one day a week. Now make that fucking commitment. And when you come back on here next time, if not, I'm going to introduce you to a thing called a Kimura. Oh, fuck. The Brock specialty. On top. Uh, in, in, on this table front, right here in front of everybody all the right. world and everybody all, all right. seven of our watchers <laughs> well no, there's going to be eight now because someone in my family will watch this oh, okay uh. good um what else do you have on your list i know i had one other thing but I, i'm having a t- hard time remember what i was i wanted to talk about man well we talked about minneapolis which is a shithole oh, i wanted to talk about money Money. So the yes. so you we talked a little bit about this on the break, but um, so it kind of you know you when I met you you didn't have a pot to piss and like you said you were all, you almost like were homeless after that first fight yeah it was and you there's a lot of terrible stories that go along after that fight but I'm yeah. gonna leave those for another day and you swung and swung and swung and swung and never stopped fighting and always whatever but you never really did break through and make any real money even in the fight industry when you know even when cfx was at doing it's yeah. the best it was doing i mean it was it wasn't even making enough to pay your bills no it was know? always a struggle right and then you took a couple of years off you started doing uh you said you were your bartending and then you got into to doing the vape industry and you're working a million hours a week continuing to work or whatever but you did eventually kind of break through yeah you know i, I would say like with anything that was just perseverance and never giving up on I don't like working for other people. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's something about that for myself and I can do it and I'm, I'm, I'm a good worker, like no matter what, but I just, there's something about, I like to answer to myself and typically when you're self-employed, you end up working way more for less than you would working for somebody else. You know that from the the shine, right? No experience with that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, that was something I wanted to talk to you about too, was you, you live this like super simple lifestyle now. 
Yeah. And you, you get a make shit in a really cool ass shop that I got to go look at today, which is super awesome. Um, yeah. But you went from, you had the same, I feel like you and I really paralleled in vision is like, I want to do something big and I want to make money and I want to have employees. And I, maybe yeah. And I mean, I don't know that I ever really wanted that is, but what I wanted was I wanted to build something that would outlast me. That was always like my goal. Like a, le- like, like a legacy a business. Because legacy. Yeah. I knew that I had spent far too much time owning my own business to ever, like, I never have had a retirement plan. Um, and I, I, today I have one. It's to, to, to die. Um, but uh, <laughs> That's I, the uh, greatest plan ever. Yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll just die. That's what I'll be done. But, um, yeah, so I was always thinking, like, you know, that I was going to try to build this this business and get it to the point where it would be worth something that would be my retirement plan and in the end it, it didn't work out and I ended up I ended up like losing the business and 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 having to like really about eva- reevaluate um I ended up taking a job doing um, um working in a nonprofit organization with uh with kids and uh was like kind of sitting thinking like what's the next adventure like I'm what am I going to do next right. And then I realized nothing. <laughs> I don't want to do anything next. I'm done building. I want to uh, simplify my life. And this was a few years ago now, but I, w- I decided I wanted to try to simplify my life to a point where I could easily live inside my means and then just not have to fucking worry about the, about the, about the, the rat race. Um, and I really was able to do it. Um, and, today um i was just talking to my buddy um i don't want to mention who it was because i don't want well yeah whatever it was sam i was just talking to sam the other day about it i talked about him a lot he's on the show a while ago um but sam makes a fairly decent living um and uh we were just talking about stuff and i did and i said something like that and i was like yeah i could i could just give i could just throw all of the money that i have right now in the garbage and I would it wouldn't matter. It would be fine. I'd be totally fine. I'd be able to like make it, you know. And I've never been in that situation before. I've never been in a situation where if I if I were to lose my job, which I won't because I love my job, but if I were to lose my job, I don't I don't need that paycheck. I'm okay. Right. You know? Um, I refuse to take money from I were I, I, I volunteer at the Ninth Street Social Club and they I refuse to take money from them. I don't want their money. Like I take the tips, I take my tips, my portion of the tips, cool. But I do that because it's my social outlet. I don't do it because I want their money. And I love the, I, I love, I've got to the point where I try not to have transactional relationships. And we talked, and I'm on a, I'm like on a no, preaching thing here. But this I, is good though. This, I, I really wanted to hear about this. I, uh, and it's, it, it, and we joke a little bit about the uh, stay poor um, slow scheme that we have going on with the spitballing thing. But when Kyle and I first, talked about this not even on the first episode but when we first started talking about it we said you know like let's not fucking even worry about trying to to monetize it let's not even worry about trying to make any money doing it not and we were i was even kind of skittish about even the idea of any kind of sponsors even if they just wanted to like throw us money i don't know it's easier for it to just be a pure thing that we do because we enjoy it and then it doesn't matter it what we do if if nobody watches then nobody watches. And there's it no makes pressure. It so much fun. There's no it pressure. It keeps our hobby like pure. pure. Yeah. Now that said, someday the podcast may make money, but that will be a byproduct 
of us just enjoying the shit out of what we do. And even like, you know, even at this point, you know, if the right sponsor came along and, you know, wanted to do something cool, you know, we, we definitely consider yeah, we're not, that. We're not, but we're not, to it. I mean, it's not, we're not, we're not out Brought there. to you by the Green Lantern. <laughs> You know, we're not we're not hunting for shit and you know not trying to monetize it right now and not worried about you know because that's like one of the first things people want to talk about when they when, when you know when they when they talk about the podcast and stuff. Well, it's, well, it's most like, people ask that question like how you make money on it. Don't I mean honestly though that's like a fair question because in yeah. this day and age people most people would even come up with this idea to do it be like yeah we're gonna get rich on YouTube and we're gonna be famous. <laughs> when when I fir- when I first started looking into how to how to build a podcast. Like I would go on and, you know, Google search and I would say three quarters of the, of the, of the information out there was, is how to make money on podcasts. And I would just, I was like, I don't fuck about that. You know, I don't, uh, we don't have a Patreon fucking button who we don't, we don't need your money. We're good. You know, um, we just don't wanna, we just, we just enjoy doing it. I, honestly, I was really nervous to come up here and do this because I'm terrible on camera. Which you are not. I was. I'm better now. But um, no, this, this is. You guys have made this like super fun. Everybody says and it. The other. The other thing I want to say is, if you guys didn't do this, I don't know when the next time I would have seen you. This actually no. gave me a reason and an opportunity to come up and say hi to you guys and spend some time with you guys and spend real time, not just. Right. Not just, oh, let's go get a couple drinks and a burger, and then I got to go back to the cities. Right. We, Kyle and I have talked about it a ton, but like, I feel feel like the podcast has, A, made me a better listener. Not just on the podcast, but always. When I'm out, when I'm at the bar, and, I'm talk, and, and somebody starts talking about something that's interesting, I start listening, because possibly because I'm thinking, oh, is this something that would make an interesting <laughs> podcast? Yes. But even if it's not, I'm still just... Like I'm much more, what do you call it? Active, active listening, which is, uh, not something that I was familiar with before, uh, we started doing the podcast and, um, uh, and my wife, um, who is amazing. Um, she, uh, we all have amazing women right now. How weird is that? I mean, meta. <laughs> Meta, I was telling her Meta is like, wonderful, by the way. She really is. Yes, you got, we have to clarify. Joke, <laughs> I like to joke. I like to fuck around with Meta. Um, and she gets it. So fuck you, dirty girl on the lake. <laughs> but, uh, um, and because uh, was it her? Anyway, yeah, she because she uh, we were talking about the listening part of it um, and how like you know, we're like, we're engaged, you know, like we're having like real conversations and stuff. And she told me about active listening, um, about how like, even like if, if during a presentation and stuff like that, you know, if you are the one that seems the most active, it seems like that person is talking to you and pretty soon they actually are talking to you because you're the active listener while other people are like on their fucking phones or like staring off into space and thinking about lunch and stuff. If you're the active listener and like you're going to get more out of it and it's like very polite to the person and stuff and, and she, ta- she knows a lot about that stuff. <laughs> she she, uh, um, she kind of... Um, she jokes about herself and we, we joke, you know, cause, um, she, she says funny shit sometimes, you know, like, um, but that whole ditzy thing is not who she really is. Cause like, I like I hear her get on the, like on the phone at work and stuff like that, you know, she'll be like talking to a client or something like, and then I'm like, holy shit. Like that was super impressive. You yeah. know, like 
you're amazing. And she knows a lot of stuff and yeah, and taught me about active listening. Um, but yeah, that's just a little tangent. Yeah, about yeah. the listening thing. Yeah, no, I just feel like, but you're absolutely right. Like it's given us the opportunity to, to do this and with lots of other people too. And uh, yeah, it just always is, uh, um, well, I guess that's the best part of my week, you know? Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny the active listening thing you're talking about is I'm going to go into politics for one second. If we all did that with the opposition, right? we would get so much farther. Oh, I, man. I, okay. I told you this on our break. Like, I used to be Mr. On Fire Facebook guy. If you disagreed with me, I would just start trying to pull every gun out that I could uh, disprove you or make you just be a, you know, I was just a dick anyway. Me too, and uh, I'm embarrassed by it now. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, something, so one of my business partners uh it's like, dude, you're, you know, you're getting all on social media like this and, um, you know, you're not doing us any favors. Like right. we have people that shop with us that are from all sides, all parties, all everywhere. Right. And he was right. I mean, he's absolutely right. So I stopped posting things about, you know, political things. I stopped going after people. And then somewhere within the last like six months with everything that's going on, maybe three months actually with everything going on in our, our vape industry, I've stopped attacking people altogether and I, you know, I go on and I'll talk to people about they'll have an opposing view of vaping and I'll try to go at them in an approach that is like, Hey, you may not be right, but that's, you know, I may not be right, but please listen to me, hear me out. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. I just want to give you my side of the, the story. I try right. to be really thoughtful when I engage somebody that doesn't agree or, but see, I don't think, I don't think like when we're talking about a specific issue, it's a political, necessarily a political thing. It's not a political viewpoint. There's poli- there's politicians Policy. making some fucking stupid decisions like that part. Is, maybe that's political because there definitely are, you know. But, I mean, we're looking at it at, at, an, at an issue. Um, and we last week we brought up the fact, I don't know if you, if you heard about this, but our, the, the person who is the president of the school board in Brainerd oh, I did, I did hear about fucking that. said, the, like, why are we teaching, Darwinism? Why are we teaching <laughs> e- evolution? It's it's a right. theory that's never been proven, and it's just like fuck. Like I actually liked what you said about it, though. You were like, you were actually talking about how scientific research works, and what it takes, and um, yeah, 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 stupidity. So right now, the government's not listening to science either, right? Which is neat, right? Yeah, on, on both fuck. sides, on both sides of the table, true. So yep. I mean, G- Governor Cuomo of New York is a diehard liberal, right? And then Trump is obviously a Republican, right? So nobody's listening to anything. Right. Well, and you know, and, the, and, and, and that whole, that, as much as we like, like to like latch onto science, like it's ours, you know, when I'm talking about like liber- liberals, um, you know, it's <laughs> one thing that people need to, you know, take ownership of. Um, I mean, and when I say people, I mean, uh, liberals need to take ownership of, uh, a lot of these things that we like, we, we, we are so proud of and that we like claim and shit, you know, where we lose a lot of that stuff uh, when we become the like angry shouty, like we didn't used to be the angry shouty ones. Fucking a, now we're the emotional angry shouty ones. I mean, just as much. And it's, you know, people need to fucking recognize like, like we have these shitheads, <laughs> like we're not a shithead free party. Like as much as we are group, uh, as much as we think we are. And we always like, we spend a lot of time railing against like, like well, we were talking about woke. the fucking wokeness that were the guy they were <laughs> yeah. they were fucking protesting that um, cultural that appropriation chef, chef. chef Bailey's or Bayless you know he's a he's a fucking white chef who is in the is awesome 
Apparently he's from Oklahoma. With all, like southern, southern cooking. He makes Mexican food. And he does oh. it all through South America, you know, like all Southern American and Mexican food. And he's like great, like one of the best in the world. And they're fucking protesting him because of cultural, cultural appropriation. appropriation. And it's like, well, that's why, you know, liberals lose so fucking ollies. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I don't even look at. And I don't even know what the liberal, but yeah. So the, you know, the, the, the at least in the Democratic Party, from what I can see as an outsider looking in, um, the people that get the most media attention are the fucking wackos. Yes. And I think I think if the three of us sat down and had like real conversations about real political issues, we'd probably come to the middle more often than not. Of course we would. The, Absolutely. The, our entire system is driven by the extremes, like uh, like yeah. there's twenty well, percent the media, on that side and twenty percent on that the side. The media covers that only because that's all that's ever covered, and they're the ones that are shouting the loudest. If I have a if I have a reasonable, but yet not that passionate view about something, like I think I think this is the way I think, right? I don't ever like go to the city council meeting and go, I probably feel moderately passionate about that you know it's only the fucking person that is like it is been baptized in the blood of whatever fucking um um you know like position that they have and that's shouting i think, we've talked I, think about that I think identity politics is going to kill your party <laughs> i mean really i that i it, it's it's a really shitty way to get votes. It's a really shitty way to get out and get your voice heard. I always think that anytime you have an issue, though, like this issue about the vaping, where you have where 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 they're demonizing something that is not that is not harmful, um, and both sides are doing it, yeah. then there's got to be money involved. It's financial agenda. financial agenda for That's sure. The only time that ever comes up when both when both uh, both sides agree that something is evil. Then it's got to be money. Yeah, we've. Uh, I mean, here, here, gun-toting guys. We all we all have guns. Yeah, you guys are liberals. Yeah. I'm I'm more I'm I'm more libertarian, but I'm I'm more conservative just for argument's sake. And guns have killed more people than vaping. Maybe maybe more than sharks. Oh. Or ocelots. <laughs> sharks um, only kill one no. person every other year. But ocelots with guns kill an alarming number of people. I would imagine if you could fucking if you could mount some guns on an ocelot, that would be awesome. Dude, those are war ocelots. Oh, <laughs> <scary>. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, the, obviously the left wants to ban guns. The right doesn't. The NRA wins because the NRA has so much financial power right. in lobbying that it's it's this single issue voter hot button topic that the left can use to get votes that the right can use to get votes because we'll never let them take them we're gonna take them yeah. and it just they every source of media <laughs> thanks for nothing mayor pete yeah right it's but it's all designed to divide us it's all designed to push us all farther apart so that we can't sit down and have a thoughtful conversation we can't sit down and have a debate and then the social media has just turned everybody into the baddest motherfucker on the planet Right. Oh God, yes. You are the keyboard warrior, and I had one guy coming. I mean, this is where I did get a little upset because he was like, kind of, he, he's like, "Fuck you, you fucking fuck, fuck off." <laughs> so then I was like, so he was very like literate, anyway. <laughs> yeah, he, like, was, he could use vocabulary on this guy. I was being very thoughtful and talking to him about vaping. I did. I got a little. I didn't even get mad. I didn't get aggressive with him. But at the end, I said, "Look, I'm sure that you don't treat your customers at the." 
I won't say the city at Honda. Right. The way you're treating me right now. And I said, I bet you if I was standing right in front of you in your face, you would not be talking to me like this. Right. And he didn't respond because I was ready to drive down to Honda and go have a conversation with him because he was getting extraordinarily personal. And I think that when people are faced with what could be construed as violence, right, they back off real quick. And I think, you know, not even necessarily that. I just think that people are not, I mean, and maybe it's rooted in violence, but maybe not. I think that people are really uncomfortable being confrontational and rude face-to-face. You know, I mean, for all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Um, and then, like, but then when they're, you know, they're fucking, you know, they're, but then they, they're on Facebook or whatever, you know, and the gloves are off. Well, yeah, there's, well, there's consequences and, to being an asshole to somebody face-to-face. Yeah. Right. You might end up well, having yeah, to fucking fight. Yeah, you might get your But, or, I mean, if even, did, like, if even we, if you take fighting out of it and shit, like, I mean, it's, you know, people are still way more brave, you know, like, online than they, than they are. You know, because, like, you know, like... Clearly, I mean, not that, I mean, I, I could be fighting, I, I, could, I could be like fucking, I could get in an argument with um, with a little old lady that knows, like, I am not going to kick her ass, but she's still more shitty online than she is, you know, in person. In person. Yeah. And you probably could kick that little old lady's ass. I mean, unless. I put my money on me. It would she's be lady. right. Unless she's got that, <laughs> unless she's got a. One of the, that magic chin you were talking about. So I, I wanted to. We're an ocelot. I wanted to ask you about one, one other thing. <laughs> Fucking ocelot. The war ocelot. I'm gonna get, <laughs> be awesome. So, uh, so you have built this vape empire and it's been going very good and you finally got to break through and make some money. But I know that recently you've been, um, I don't know if pivoting is the right word, but you're starting to go down some other like um, avenues, right? CBD. CBD. Yeah. Good. I didn't know how, how much you want to say about it, but like, um, yeah. So, so uh, I'm going to back up just a little bit. And, uh, the, the vape company that was built, I have super awesome partners that came into the business about a year after I started and none of where we are today wouldn't have been even remotely possible without these guys. So I right. have, I just want to give a shout out to my business partners. Like they're all fucking awesome. They all bust their asses. Um, we all have our own strengths in, in this industry. But about a year ago, um, my part, my main partner and I decided that we were going to get into the CBD space. Right. So we had been researching CBDs in our lab for about three years. Okay. So we were actually like working on it, trying to formulate, trying to work with CBD uh, oils back then, and just nothing ever came of it. We were so busy in the vape industry. Things right. were still booming and growing, and um, so we just kind of ditched the project. Uh, and then about a year ago, we got back into it. And we started launching some CBD brands and we got into distribution and we were even looking at going as far as opening CBD only stores, which we have since decided against for a little while because there's a ton of them. Um, but yeah, we are in now in the CBD space um, and we're growing. And that, so, but you're not making your own CBD at this point. We do. You yeah. are so we making have, your own CBD at yep, this point. We have a distillation facility in North Dakota with some other partners. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, we're doing the distilling of the biomass up there. And then we have a little indoor grow down in Colorado. Okay, interesting. So if you don't know, uh, and I mean, it's all, everybody talks about it, but it's like such an interesting thing. Um, We, uh, I did a bunch of research about it because Minnesota like recently um, made it so that you could, you could get a a provisional license or whatever to grow um, um, hemp 
for the production of CBD, right? Yep. And that was like a big deal. This was what, about a year ago, I guess, that they did it. Um, there were some people, I think it's been going on for about three, but it oh, got yeah. kind of widely, once the feds loosened up on it a little bit, then people really started jumping into Which, it. Which, again, that was about a year if ago. you want to talk about stupid, let's... I mean, we prohibition don't works, the, you guys. The, it the, works great. The fucking prohibition on hemp. The absolutely least harmful thing in the world because yeah, you make rope out of it. I mean, fucking what? Like, this is a completely harmless plant. There's not even any. And why did marijuana and hemp become illegal well is because of the paper industry i mean like that's the whole paper and um and trees wood industry yeah um but whatever and i mean that's not even that's not a conspiracy theory that's a conspiracy fact motherfucker money it's completely (laughs) out there but it was comes back to money comes back to money yes um so um but they finally like are starting to open it open it up in minnesota and then i so i did some research on it because i knew you were getting into it and whatever but um, it's a really interesting process to like grow these hemp plants for CBD. It's way different than just growing hemp for, um, for rope. Yeah. Cause you can grow re- hemp for rope. You just, you fucking you know, grow it in a field and you harvest it with a combine and you, you know, it's more like a, it's yeah. a, it's an actual crop. Yeah. Actually the, the hemp for hemp for, uh, like fiber, Will destroy your combine. You need special, right? You need special, but I mean, I'm saying it's like you're growing a a field crop, but growing CBD or growing hemp for CBD is, is way more like growing marijuana, a marijuana crop Mm -hmm. because you're, you're culling the male plants. You want the big juicy CBD buds and some of these fucking things look. Yeah. We have CBD flower that we get. that's just like gorgeous, man. You just, it smells you awesome. could just sell it for fucking buku bucks to some fucking high schooler because it <laughs> looks like the best weed in the world. No, but there's no, no THC in no, it. No, you can't do that. Well, no, no, no. If I could get some bags of that, okay, you got to come later. Um, <laughs> I again, I, I work with. With kids, we, we shouldn't be <laughs> selling drugs to kids anyway. But remember, kids, if I a stranger offers you drugs, say thank you because drugs are expensive. <laughs> Um, I would be selling, I would be selling CBD to them, but it's actually, it is totally illegal. Like I, I joke about it because it is totally illegal to sell, um, hemp as marijuana. It's as illegal as selling marijuana as marijuana. Also pretty stupid, but, um, yeah, so you get these crazy buds and then you have to like, ex- you have to extract the CBD out of them, right? Yep. Yeah. So it, it goes through a, a, a grinding process. It's actually like hammer milling. And then uh, it runs through various stages and different equipment to come out on the other end as uh, as an oil, as a, as this CBD oil, yeah, distillate, is what we call it. And then you can take it a step further and turn it into isolate, which is isolated CBD. Huh. So distillate still uh, has a bunch of terpenes in it and really good, yummy, good properties that the cannabis plant has. So I was really impressed. Um, I took a, a CBD chewable. Um, from a pretty high quality source, uh, and uh, man, I slept like a baby. Yep. Um, so, what other? What are the other? Like, what are the? What are the common uses? Uh, pain management is probably number one. But okay. uh, we so some of the products we we started our products with isolate based products, and then we reintroduced okay. terpenes. Go back. So, if you 
if you take that thing and then you you get it down to a certain level, then you you call it a what? There's distillate. Okay, so full it's distillate. So then that already that has all of the other stuff that would be present in, um, in the hemp plant, like the terpenes and yeah, the different terpenes and it's got terpenes. the different. There's like there's different forms of CBD too, CBD A and G. CBD. Right. So it's got more of the properties of the whole plant or you can take it one step farther and now you have a now you have pure cbd isolate you've pulled out the terpenes you've pulled out any thc at all so even even like full spectrum still has 0.3 percent or less of of thc in it right not i mean you'd have to eat a truckload of it to get high but right you know not enough to get you high but it's still it's still there you know the thc is almost like an activator for cbd so it kind of helps activate the whole process um, and then the terpenes is what gives what's called the entourage effect. So when we make our products, we reintroduce terpenes back to give it an effect that we want it to have. Huh. So you take a pure CBD and isolate, and then you actually like make it back into a, a, like a distillate. Yep. Why the fuck would you do that? Why would you just stay with a distillate? That seems like a waste of time and money and energy. I'm fucking so much smarter and better at business than Gavin Rydell. <laughs> Bam. It's, it's so we can isolate the effects. So, so you're you're making it so you're basically like constructing something very specific. Then. Yeah, ones for like relaxation, ones for energy, ones for just balancing your body. Interesting. So yeah. it's a, it's so fucking fascinating science. There's, I mean, I I know like the tip of the iceberg. There's it's the science and cannabis goes so deep, and there's so much that I don't know, I and mean, and so learning, much more to come. Because yeah. quite frankly, like nobody's been able to study it because it's been like a fucking class one <laughs> scheduled substance until like, yeah. you know, yeah. going to, you got a dime bag. You're going to prison. Motherfucker. You got a dime bag of fucking hemp. You're going to prison. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, but it really is pretty effective. Yeah. Um, I, I've only thus far used the topical CBD. Um, and there was, there's this, uh, Amanda, not, yep. Um, but she, uh, this chick like was making it here in, in, in town and, and, um, basically buying CBD and adding, you know, whatever, but she was making these, these fucking creams and, and like, they just might, they just help my joints so yeah. much. Well, you, I mean, um, to Brock's elbow story. Yeah. 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 I mean, yep. yep. That's unbelievable. And it's everybody amazing. down at the gym, St. Cloud is doing it. Well, I mean, everybody's doing it. Like it's like, yeah, you know, all over the place. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's like, there's not a ton of science yet done. There is a ton of science done, but there's not a lot of conclusive science done. But man, there's so much anecdotal evidence that this is actually something that's really helping people. Yeah, well, I guess with that and like anything, the best science in anything is when people say it works. Right. Man. Like when people can prove and show that it works. That's why I look at vaping as like, yeah, it fucking works because I don't right. smoke. I don't right. vape. There's I'm no, like it. Right. There's no evidence that vaping can help you stop smoking, except you did. Yeah. <laughs> and so did Logan and millions of no other people. That you evidence. Know. But there's no evidence. Yeah. There's no There's no scientific evidence proving that. It's fucking dumb. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Uh, Bow ready to wrap? Yeah. Anything yeah. else you wanted to talk about? How do people uh, find your, like if people want to buy your products, where do they get a hold of you? What do they do? Um, you can go to balancednaturals.com. That's one of our product websites. Or you can go to Global Organic Distro. Okay. Or you can stop in any one of our Infinite Vapor Shops. Yeah, which are all down in the, in the, in uh, the 
Alexandria is probably the closest one closest to one. here. Yeah. Or f- I don't know how far is Fargo. Yeah, but well, a couple yeah, hours. Well, same, same, well, same as so, Alexandria, uh, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's depending on which way you're going. Some in North Dakota, some in Wisconsin, some in Minnesota. Okay, so, cool. Well, I'll put links. I'll put links to them on you on the in the show notes. Yeah. So, yeah. Other than that, it's just fucking rad to see you guys. Yes, it's, rad it's to so see much you fun. Too. Well, we all definitely do it again. Yes, and uh, yes. and next time, um, remember the Kimura challenge. So one day a week. And we're only going to talk politics next time. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's just actually be mean to each other. We, what I want to, I would love to have you back on too, but actually to just talk about fun shit. Cause today was kind of serious and we wanted to talk about, this is an issue that's been like chapping my ass. Um, but we have so many great stories we could tell. Um, Matt Showalter, um, <laughs> said, uh, when you have Gavin Rydell on, uh, ask him about the, about, the myth when the fat guy Eric no it was uh, <laughs> oh fuck that was the the fight that almost went down in the back in the uh, locker in the back room hallway between because <laughs> he was so grossly overweight yeah what and kept gaining weight I'll, I'll look. I, okay. Once again, I block a lot of stuff in the fight industry, but there was some fun. T- I'll, I'll, that one I'll look up. For yeah, the next you'll time. have to for next time because Matt yeah. was like, you'll have to ask Gavin that story. And I was like, well, you should come on and tell that story. He goes, I can't. <laughs> Actually, I probably shouldn't even have mentioned it. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Matt, you can come on. You can do what you want. He, he you're, said you're he, big boy. he said he would be welcome. He would he would be happy to come on and talk about stuff. Uh, and it would be interesting because I mean he's he runs the Minnesota Athletic Commission. He's the whatever he is the he's a, yeah like director. The, you know VP, yeah. but he, uh, um, but he's like, I can't, you know, talk shit, and I'm like, yeah, but you're so good at it. Well, <laughs> I mean, he could come on and tell a story. Yeah, he, can he doesn't have to tell what happened. You can talk shit. He can tell I'll a talk story. Shit. He can tell so, a story. Uh, yeah, there was a. God, there's so many Brock stories. Yeah, <sighs> some great ones. Uh, I'm sure Walter was telling <laughs> said uh, so at Logan's fight. You know, he was fight Logan fight fought Matt Wall or uh, Mike Wall. Right. And I don't want to hack on Mike too much, but Mike was, Mike maybe has some mental illness problems, but he was talking on copious amount of shit online beforehand about everybody. Did did he know Logan? No, but he was, he wanted to, he was saying he was going to fight. He wanted to fight uh, Jesse Hernandez. (laughs) I mean, just super tough, but plus also he's like 170 pounds. It's like, what? And then he was like, wanted to fight Brock and just saying all the stupid shit. Just crazy shit. So he has some definite problems. So anyway, he ends up fighting Logan and Logan, of course, like chokes him out in 12 seconds. And, uh, and then, uh, but beforehand, Keyboard warriors beforehand, totally. But beforehand he was, he asked Matt Showalter if he needed to wear a mouse guard cause he didn't have any teeth. <laughs> he goes, well, I have to, the guy wear a mouth guard. I don't really have any never, teeth. I mean, I don't know how I'd respond to that if I was the commission. And Matt goes, yeah, you gotta wear a mouth guard. But what are you, what are you mouth guarding? Whatever. It's just part of the, but I was just like, Fuck. yes, you have to wear a mouth guard. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so next week. Oh shit. What is the we what is the date next week? Is that the first? Um, actually I've totally forgotten. I, what's the um, date? I have a list. Oh, what's the date right now? Here, let me go on my smartphone and twenty four. We'll, so the we'll next one is the first. Yes. So next week we have councilman Dave Badeau on the yes. show. Yes. Yes. Should ask Dave um, how he feels about vaping. I'm gonna yeah, Dave is a Dave and I like get we work together. Um, we both work over at the at the Ninth Street. Um, but he's definitely uh, we definitely don't 
um, agree on almost anything. Um, and <laughs> that's gonna, that's uh, it's gonna be a fun one. And um, and we have a tendency to be kind of mean to each other. So uh, yeah, it, might be, it, might, it will be a so fun one. Remember this. Be thoughtful. Yeah, try. Probably Just gonna go. See what probably happens. gonna go with some douchebaggery on that uh, one, but it'll be fun. It'll well, be entertaining. And see, mostly Kyle like, might have to sit between us. I'm trying Dave to like, change would, the way people. Talk to each other. I'm just with my own self. I really enjoy we'll Dave, probably but it's have a very probably, interesting. It's a little awkward because we used to conversation. Dave's got like beautiful hair. <laughs> oh. He's got like he's got like the got like the fucking. Superman he's got the flow. Do. Yeah. So we'll make fun of him for that if nothing else. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. Anything else from you, Kai guy? Man. Glad to be here. Great to see you guys. Awesome. So much fun. Yeah. yeah thank you, Gavin, thank you. and uh, we will see you folks next time. Hey guys, thanks again for tuning into the show. I really appreciate it. And I realize that I'm pretty horseshit at remembering to actually like talk about the song that we're going to take you out with. And um, today, the song I'm going to take you out with is another song by the band Skittish. Um, so I was going through all my CDs from back in the day, and I forgot how much I fucking love this band. They are so great. Um, and this song is called um, Happily Ever After. And it's about what happens when um, Christopher Robbins and Winnie the Pooh kind of part ways. I really hope you enjoy it. Thanks again. And stick around to the very end because there's a little tidbit for you. So gather around and I'll tell you a tale. Hope you catch the irony. I'd hate to be perpetually so cynical and stale. But it's just so fun for me. Oh, one, two. Christopher up and promises we'll always be friends Then leaves out the green door never to return That's just good business when you're selling all your friends to make quick buck Throwing memories, keeping up with Jones is all I ask You hold me in your heart forever All you heard is hold me in your heart today Oh, Chris Robin, new place to Says we'll always be friends. Then leaves out the cave door, never to return again. 
this kind The dragon says All I ask you hold me in your heart forever All you heard is hold me in your heart tonight Another old jack paper hear yourself right yeah yeah okay. so like you know so like if i'm like see you know, i can still hear myself but it kind of sounds like shit yeah, but if so. i get you know so you want to kind of yeah okay I, I i like i'll even talk i'll even touch my lips to it oh. <laughs> makes me sound sexy hello fuzzy <laughs> <laughs> all like, right we ready to fucking rock yeah, and, sure. and then sometimes before i get here he touches his lips to my microphone i always touch my lips to yours too. i'm like <laughs> why does that, that taste so good Right. I don't want to like it this much, but damn. Cherry chapstick. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's always had the softest lips. <laughs> it, is, it has been said. 